Welcome to The Current Podcast with Emmanuel Maya and Mauricio Alberto. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing very well, man. Um, today, we also have a guest with us. Yes, we do. A very important guest. A very, very special guest. Um, I've known this guy for a long time. And even though I've known you for a long time, I've, I, don't, I don't feel like I've ever sat down with you and talked to you in this way. And even, maybe we did, but we're in high school. Yeah, People I, change. You know, you know what, man? It's been, uh, what? I want to say 10 years. Yeah, roughly. Maybe even more that we've known each other yeah. from school. Yeah, because it's been like seventh grade, actually, since I started going to Sosis. It was yeah, seventh grade. So, like, I, okay, so 10 years would have put, 11 years would have put ninth grade. So 12 years? Like yeah. 12 years? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, look, it's high school, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. It, words out of your mouth in high school don't mean much later on in life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's the time you think you know yeah. the world, That's but you haven't like, experienced anything yet. I'm going to go play in yet. the Major League Baseball. <laughs> like, I'm going to go be a professional football player. And then you leave a school like Sosis, and you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, no, for real, dude. So, I mean. No, but thank you for inviting me to be on the show. No, so. definitely, man. Uh, I mean, thank you, Alex. We yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. you being no, here you with us. I've One thing that, I mean, even after high school, we didn't catch up as much. Much, but I mean, I follow you on Instagram, and you have a very interesting Instagram. Like from <laughs> your pilot ventures to your your cars that you build, everything is just. I mean, you're a good follow. So uh, follow I, Alex you know, I want on on Instagram. I, I don't uh, know if he adds you, that's on you. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's interesting follow. So I've kept up with you in that end, I guess. No. So in that aspect, I guess social media is good because yeah. No, you know? I mean, you know what? It's it's cool. Social media is an awesome utility to see how people grow. Yeah. Like watching you go from a high schooler to now being in sound production, doing your own podcast and so on. Watching, I haven't followed you. I've, I will follow you. <laughs> I don't post much, to be honest. I don't either. So, so. <laughs> but um, no, like for me, you know, I came out of high school and, and, and you can see the change based on social media from my interests. And that's, you know, that's the cool thing about social media. So. Yeah, I think for all of us, too. I mean, for me, I, I was I knew I was into music and in, 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 to some capacity back in high school. But I never thought I was going to get into this, like, you get sound production and all that stuff. Like, it, it, it's a big, big bubble and a big, you know, rabbit hole, if you will. But, you know, it's something that you love and you, you get to know yourself after high school. And, you know, this is who I am and that's what I'm doing. Hey, now. That's the way to do it. And man. I look at your stuff and when I see you... In a cockpit, I'm like, that's freaking amazing, man. Like, that's like, for me, that's like a bucket list if I could learn how to fly a plane one day, you know? (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's that. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, tell me something that, that, like, tell me a quick experience. Maybe your, your, your first experience flying. I just want to quickly hear it. Uh, So, my first, um, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you an interesting story. I won't give you my first experience. So, in, uh, ninth grade, I left, I was in Feinberg's class. Okay. And I told Feinberg, I was like, hey, I got to go. By the way, our geometry teacher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. No, I'm just, I just want to give some context. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> El Jefe. That was his avid jacket. I still have it. It says El Jefe on it. Yeah. Because he was the boss. He, yeah. he, like, you didn't mess with Feinberg. No, not at all. Um, so I tell Feinberg, I'm like, hey, I got to go. He's like, what do you mean you got to go? You ain't going to, you ain't going to like a doctor or something. What's, what's wrong? He's, I told him, and he's a pilot. I told him, I said, oh, no, I'm going to Van Nuys Airport. I'm going to go fly an old World War II bomber. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're full, you're full of it. No yeah. no way, dude. You yeah. ain't doing that. You're you're 13. What do you what do you mean you're going to go fly a bomber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know what you're doing. So I left. My dad picked me up, and I had been volunteering, volunteering at Van Nuys Airport. There's a, a group called EAA, and they bring World War II aircraft around. I hear them. And em. they show them. And you'll, and you'll hear them. Trust me, So yes. what you're usually hearing is Condor. <laughs> that's a different story. Okay. <laughs> but they, they, come, they go around on a tour, and they have 
three or four airplanes they bring. They bring a B-24, they bring a B-17, and they bring a P-51. Wow. So These the B-24 is a bomber, okay. the B-17 is a bomber, the P-51 is a fighter. That's the Mustang from Red Tails. Mm. Okay, okay. So I show up at Van Nuys Airport, and I'd been volunteering the whole week while they were giving people tours, and they, they take people up on 30-minute tours. It's like 1200 bucks for a tour, dude. Oh, my god, It's nuts, and people pay it. I'm like... What's wrong wow, with you? That's crazy. Like, yeah. Um, so we had been volunteering, just sitting in there, making sure people weren't touching things they weren't supposed to. Um, and at the end of the day, I, this was off after all my surgeries and everything. So at the end of the day, the guys were talking, we were talking, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd, I had all these surgeries. I'm deaf, but I'm still trying. This is, you can't have your license until 15 and a half is basically the youngest you can really be. I was still 13. So, like, yeah, I mean, as as much as it sucks being deaf in one ear, I don't think it'll stop me towards my pilot's license. We'll discuss the deaf in one ear. Yeah, 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 we'll get that. <laughs> um, and they were like, what do you mean deaf in one ear? So I explained the whole story to him and how I had these surgeries and whatnot, which we'll go into if you want. Um, and they were like, okay, you're coming with us when we do our relocation flight. Damn. So the day came around, and we were taking it from Van Nuys Airport up to Napa. And it's like hour and a half maybe two hour flight mm -hmm. in this old rickety loud world war ii bomber where like under your headsets you're wearing earplugs because your noise canceling mm -hmm. doesn't do a damn thing wow <laughs> like, wow those repellers and stuff. dude yeah. that that engine is something that it sounds like a freight train going through the wall of your living room like it's <laughs> wow. just another story definitely so we're up there and we're just hanging out. Like they've got the gun, the turrets are all still there. None of the guns fire. Oh, of course. But like we're sitting there, we're like pretending. pretending. We're like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go take this guy down. Like we'll shoot down Southwest, get him. Like yeah. you know. <laughs> um, whoa, whoa, yeah, for you. And so we go up. They call us forward. We're in the tail section. We go over the catwalk, which is where the Bombay is. Okay. It's literally a piece of metal this wide that you have to walk across from the back to the front of the airplane. And you go over the Bombay. That's crazy. So we walk across, and then you're in the cockpit. Well, you're in the radio room, which in front of is the cockpit. Yeah. And uh, the chief pilot looks at me. He goes, come here. And he takes his headset off. I'm like, no way. Like, this is not happening. And he sits me down in the pilot seat, and he's like, fly. Just <laughs> That's fly. That's a lot of trust. I'm like... <laughs> I'm 13, yeah. this thing's priceless, <laughs> and you're just telling me to fly? I've not had one flight lesson yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, just follow the magenta line on the GPS. I was wow. like, okay. That's like someone just throwing you in the deep end sure. of the pool and be like, swim. Dude, it, and it's like not even just the deep end, like yeah. throwing you in the deep ocean <laughs> and telling you to go catch a freaking swordfish yeah. at 13 years old. Like, just go. Yeah, no, go ahead. Wow. I was like, okay, that's, but I got video of it. I got pictures like, dude, it was to, to say it was one of the coolest experiences of my life to fly a piece of flying history. Yeah. No is doubt. An understatement. Like, yeah. Oh, without a doubt to me. And I, I don't know if you remember, I was always a world war two history guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And my I, family survived it and I was always interested in it. I always studied it and yeah. I always told bearish the actual facts because yeah. bearish never knew. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Our English teacher. Yeah, <laughs> you can call him that. He tried to teach life more than English. True, very, very true. Hey, I'm not going to lie. In some things, he taught me some things about life. So I will, oh, no, I will credit Barish on a I, lot of things. I give Barish credit and I give Armstrong all the credit, okay. our, our uh, economics teacher. All right. She didn't teach economics. She taught us how to balance a checkbook. She um, taught us how to not get screwed over by the government. Wow. She taught us how to invest in stocks. 
Wow. I was like... Now I regret putting that sign on her door. Oh, dude. She... <laughs> no, no. She was the meanest woman on earth. Oh, dude. A hundred percent. Yeah. I remember, I think it was that senior year. Yeah. So senior year, I have a story about that lady. She actually put a sign on her door that she wrote because people would come into the randomly and just like people who weren't even her class would just mm. come here and just sit in her class just bro. Wanted to hang out. yeah because so, she would just talk about she life no nah, she just she just didn't care but at some point she started caring so she put her note on her door and she said don't knock on the door like because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna open the door oh so, so she started locking it yes yeah. so that people wouldn't it come wasn't in. even yeah. letting out her students either at some oh, point wow and then i saw that and i was one of those people that would go into that class just to the fuck of it so then i put a, i wrote a note and i said don't be writing bitch ass notes on your door i remember and oh I put my that, god i remember i that. put that and then she kept everybody in from her class saying Dude, i'm not letting anybody out until i until until, until they you, tell she knows who, who it, it is. is and then and people, everybody's like we don't know or what they were they nobody knew, knew inside though nobody knew inside at the some people knew but there's not a, there's everybody i think a couple of years circle kind of knew yeah that knew but like who, most of us were like who the did that yeah. like let me <laughs> suffer because <laughs> of your actions yes and i and i don't have this person as a teacher either so i didn't give a <laughs> yeah. fuck i did not care i just didn't so yeah i did that i remember and then everybody was giving me grief about it because they were like we're this close to writing you out this and that and i'm in senior year dude my senior year i literally did not did not care single at all at all like I, I did not care at all because as, as far it's as me year, though. I was why. I was well, it's also Sosa's it's so that well, I never went there I went to Van Nuys believe me you had a much better quality of life school <laughs> <laughs> but like my, what I'm trying to say why? is that because you guys had the middle school and no, high school mixed together because that whole school sucked yeah it did it a just of, sucked yeah. you learned nothing and they'd always brag like oh we have great testing scores we're well, amazing well that's what I've heard about it that it has like high ac- academic values that and all that don't mean a goddamn thing yeah. if the teacher don't teach the students and yeah. it's a different story when they teach you how to memorize the answer mm-hmm. it's a different story when you actually learn the information and can figure out the answer yeah 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 it, like and sosis was here's the answer just memorize that oh wow that's all they that's all they did so it's just like basically retaining information and dump it out uh, yeah and yeah. even then at that you know, you remember Beckman, our, my yeah. English teacher. And yeah. I don't know if you had him for English or yeah, stage I did. crew. I had him for English. I had him for stage crew because he was the head of stage crew in drama and English. Oh, wow. And every day there was a test. And every day I went up to him and I said, Mr. Beckman, I need to finish a project in the auditorium. I can't do the test. He'd say, okay, you got an A. Go work in the auditorium. Oh, so he'll give you the easy A because he was also the stage crew teacher. But that's what all of them did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't in a stage crew, so I didn't get away with it like oh that. But yes, goodness. yes, definitely. so that seems like it was a joke. That whole school was a joke. Yeah, wow. I mean, so like, in senior, I was getting out of school at twelve o'clock. I was done with yeah. school, so so I'm what? telling you, I did not. And then my first two classes, I was a TA for Mr. Sam's. So oh, I really so you, you didn't, didn't do, do anything. anything. I own, all, my only <laughs> class was an English class, and then that econ class, and then the second half it turned into like a government class. So I only had two classes basically all of senior year. So I literally did not care at all wow. senior year at all I mean I had easy classes my senior year yeah, and, I was, and I was the TA as well but like that like that's nothing your Dude, schedule was nothing there was times I wouldn't even come to school and I had I had the login for that teacher and I would for Mr. Sam's and I would mark myself there as if I was at the school so I wouldn't come to the first two periods and then show up at the end of school and he wouldn't try to edit that or anything nah cause we're, cause we're he cool he didn't care he did not care <laughs> this is this is a man who 
when it came to being a science teacher because they were out of science teachers, I had yeah. them for science. Oh, this I is remember a math that. Teacher. I remember that. Every single class was that science class, like chemistry or like I, dude, those it was whole... the literal name was science. It was that was ICS no class, set, wasn't it? What? Yeah. It was that integrated central. It was some yeah. weird class that LUSD made up. He, that you had to take it, in ninth grade. Sosis is within LUSD or yeah. it's out yeah. of it? No, it's still oh. LUSD, yeah. but it's a yeah. magnet school so they can select who they let in. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I can tell you how many times they say the name Bill Nye at the beginning of the freaking Bill Nye show. Bro. Okay? <laughs> Not even every we just put you those videos? Yeah. Every day. Like every learn day. science from this show. He was like, yeah, we're going to learn how to make a volcano with vinegar and uh, whatever. I'm like, but that's not like that's <laughs> the book doesn't even talk about that. Yeah. He's like, this is science. OK, that's what we're doing. Here's yeah, a Bill Nye projects, movie. Basically, I was like, Bill Nye again. Yeah, I remember that year. Bill not even getting paid. Just to give some context, teach. though, that was the year that um. That budget we went, cuts, the right? Budget cuts, but because of the whole recession and everything in 2008 and all that stuff. That was that year. I remember yeah. that. We, that we even awesome. had shitty... Like, lunch was good in 2000... Like, in my 7th grade year and 8th grade, lunch was horrible, bro. Yep. Like, it was trash. Like, I stopped eating. <laughs> so, these professors knew you since middle school, basically. Listen, Most don't of them. call them professors. <laughs> that that yeah. just sounds wrong. Yeah, they're <laughs> teachers. <laughs> they're not even worthy of the no, teacher no, title no. either. They're, like, they're... they're there was caretakers is better like, like it. Look, yeah. caretakers. There was a select few of them that that yeah they they were they were legit teachers yeah. and everything Navarro. like that. You know yeah Navarro um, uh, Johnson Johnson. Oh. As much as nobody wants to say band was a real class, he was a teacher. He took it seriously. Yeah. Who was that other teacher? The one that was um, that went to I forget who was some Asian teacher. Oh um um oh, you know what I mean Naguchi Naguchi. There was Naguchi. There was also. There's some guy with the M. I forget his name, but he was a science professor, and he was a really oh, good one. Yeah. Oh, oh, there, the high school level science professors were actually oh, good. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so those actually knew what they were talking yes, about. Yes, those guys were like legit. They, they wouldn't put you the Bill Nye. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I had my fill of Bill Nye, dude. If yeah. anyone gave me that a Bill was, Nye, that I was taking the TV for off me. The wall. That was that was what he's talking about. <laughs> Flipping what, tables for what he's I'm ta- out of this classroom. He's talking about like seventh, eighth grade, and a little bit of ninth grade. Okay. But, like, 10th, 11th, and 12th, like, we had our fair share of good teachers, I would have to say, like, Other for the most Snyder. part. Uh, Snyder's a different thing. This guy's giving his political opinion on, on Facebook sometimes, and I've gotten in with him a, a handful of times. You still comment on his post? I, I deleted him because it was just, I couldn't have it anymore. Dude, his oh. posts I just are bad. I just no, I'm just surprised that he's still, he's still commenting. Like, he would comment against him. I, I unfollowed uh, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like, Bearish. Bear, you finally unfollowed oh, Barish? Dude, I yes? was done. I, I was done. I, I honestly thought you guys were like close. We are. He's the reason that I found out about all my medical issues. Oh, really? Because in, in his, his class, class. Yeah, I remember was that. when it happened. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, I kind of owe him something. So, like, I'm loyal to the extent that when I see his political posts, I want to straight punch him in the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he doesn't understand when to stop. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, Posting things from the Heritage magazine. I'm like, do you know who Heritage is? Uh-huh. They're like the farthest right conservative you can possibly be. Wow. Like, and he's like, no, they're not. They're liberal. I was like, <laughs> that's not liberal. Yeah. As, as far as you could throw them on the spectrum, they wouldn't be liberal. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, not, not even close. Yeah. And I finally, I got to the point where there was one person, Annie, 
um, Annie DeRose, she went to Sosa's too, and uh-huh. she was commenting back and forth, and I just, I was like, I'm d- dude, I'm done. I unfollowed yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, there's been a lot of instances like that, especially with people that we went to high school with, like, getting into anything, like, social on, on uh, I kind of talked about this one of these, on the, like, on a podcast a couple weeks ago. That like giving your opinion on Facebook, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's like if you don't, if your if your view doesn't align with someone else's, it's like you're totally wrong. And I hate yeah. that and because it's, because we're more complex is what. Yeah, you're damned if you do. We're more complex than that, man. Yeah, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. If you don't, right now. Yeah. yeah, you're damned if you have an opinion about anything going on, and if your opinion and if you're and if silent, you don't say you're your complicit opinion, in anything. It's like oh, you're just letting this happen. How could mm-hmm. you? It's like. If I said what I wanted to say, you'd nitpick and you wouldn't see yeah. the full story. But if I don't say anything, you think that I'm just letting it. So what am I supposed to Am I just supposed to sit here and be like, yeah, yeah, shh, yeah, yeah, shh. Like, yeah, and yeah. like my point to the whole thing was like, that's why I made this podcast because I'm, I'm going to say what I feel and say my opinions and like I'm free. I'm open to dialect. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I'm, I'm right, but I want to express what exactly. I think and what I and, what I, and all that. And and either you're gonna you're gonna agree with me, or you don't. But the point is, you're gonna listen to the podcast, yeah. and that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, for you to listen to the podcast. No, dude, you know that's so, the way that you have to do it now, though. Yeah, it's either you get in a conversation that turns into a fight, or you state your opinion and wait for the response. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if you get into a conversation nowadays, like we were just talking, if I make a po- if I make a point to say anything political. Being a white guy in America, born and raised, if I say something political where I disagree with, well, what's ha- like at to, this moment, white people don't have the opinion. I don't, I don't have because opinion. you're a white male, and because a lot I of people would say, "No, you're a white male. Yeah. You have white privilege." And that's the thing. Like for me, you know, that's 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 a that's a whole other issue that I I really have a problem with. But I heard the other day that one bad cop, all bad cops. Yeah. And that's eerily similar to a saying that we used to use in 1942 when we imprisoned every single Japanese American because they were Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was and I'm not going to say the the term because it's still today a racist term, but it was one bad Japanese American, yeah. all bad Japanese Americans. They yeah. said it a little more racist back then. Definitely. But the, if you go with that same exact mindset into life, by that logic, one bad protester, all bad protesters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One bad rioter, all bad rioters. Yeah. One bad anything, all bad anything. You yeah. can't go into that mindset. They're still human, yeah. even if they're wearing a, a it's badge. It's the thing that we forget, you know, that we're humans first and we're very complex. Look, the whole like thing one day race, we have one idea, the next we could have a whole different 100%. idea. And the whole thing with race, here's the, the biggest thing for me with race. There's only one race. If you really look at it, there's one race. What do we when we're talking about space? We don't say, "Oh, well that that gene of aliens is something." We say the alien race. Mm-hmm. There's the human race and there's the alien race. Yeah. There's no police race. Yeah. There's no like I don't believe in if you look if you look beyond the skin color of a person, we're made up of the same thing. Yeah. We're humans. Yes, we're sure. not black. We're not Mexican. We're not white. We're yeah. human. Yeah. Anything after that, you can call yourself and take pride in. That's yeah. fine. Nationality. Yeah. Nationality. Yeah, yeah. Take. Don't be a nationalist. Yeah. But like, take pride yeah. in who you are. Yeah. yeah like, 
yes, I'm American. I wouldn't really want to live in like 190 other countries because they don't have freedom. Yeah. But there's 200 and something other countries that, that do. do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I take pride in being a country that other countries, being from a country that other countries look up to. Yeah. Exactly. And that other c- people want to come yeah. here yeah. because they see that type of freedom exactly. and that yeah. lifestyle. And now, am I saying that I agree with everything happening here? Hell no. 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 Like watching cops shoot rubber, they're the only. Cops make themselves look bad. They have a policy in LAPD. No rubber bullets from mid-sternum up. Why? Because they're deadly from there up. Yeah. And, and a lot of people lost eyes because of that. What do they yeah. do? They shoot people in the head, neck, and chest. It's like the homeless guy that was in the wrong place at the wrong time took a rubber bullet right above the eye. Yeah. Why? What did he do except cross the street? Like, you, I can't sit here and... and and defend a cop who does something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I defend a cop who's going to take a knee with protesters when the protesters are being peaceful? Yeah, 100%. Can I take a stand with the protesters and defend the protesters when the cops do something wrong? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I don't agree with what happened when you see cops killing people, like Breonna Taylor. I yeah. think it's Breonna. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, Bre- when Brunona? they walked in and they just blasted yeah. her. That's, the, that's literally... Like the worst thing you could ever do as a police officer, and especially there's they were undercover serving yeah, a search warrant, serving, and it was the wrong house. Why would you be? But did you see what they ended up finding out? What that search warrant was provided through a DA who was given information by a group that was trying to get people out of that neighborhood so that they could uh, sell all the houses and wow. whatnot and make real estate yeah. money. Yeah. Big multimillionaires yeah. created a search warrant. That resulted in the loss of and life. And it's funny that search warrant, the person was already in jail. The person they were yeah. looking for was already in jail. Yeah. And the <laughs> husband fired back. What do you expect? You're in a and he doesn't know what's them. happening. Yeah. And they're undercover. They're not. They're, they're not, not in uniform. uniform. They're not they wearing they they They're not knocking on the door. Here's our search warrant. They went in there with the intent. Guns blazing. To yeah. shoot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you do yeah. that, you have no chance at being defended. A hundred percent. What you did is wrong. Yeah. I can't sit here and take pride in in anything that happened there. I can't be like, oh, well, they broke the law. The cops went in there to stop them. They didn't. They did nothing wrong. She was in. Wasn't she in the police academy? Yeah, she had. Yeah. She was in some. She was. She had something like, to do with with law enforcement or, or yeah, had a, a essential worker like maybe that. Maybe EMT. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I think it was EMT. And and she's serving the community, and she mm-hmm. dies because you wanted to shoot people, like the George Floyd case. Yeah. Uh, I don't even the need guy, to say anything about the, that. The guy wanted, I mean, the guy, the way that his face looks, his hands in his pocket, just knee in the... He's just chilling on his own Yeah, neck. I mean, yeah, we, we, we spoke There's about nothing that we need to say about that. The, yeah. What I was no, telling him last week, um, looking at Brian Collins' uh, uh, stand-up, he was talking about how, at the moment, the country is defining everybody like a noun. You know, and that's the problem. It's them versus them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just defining everything and everyone by nouns. And he's like, we're we're a verb. We're action. You know, like yes, maybe one day you know we're thinking and processing things one way, but the next day we're processing it a whole different other thing. Any idea we encounter can enlighten us or change our perspective. And it's like you can't box this into just a noun. I agree, a hundred percent. And that's you know? the problem is that it's not just. It's not just us, you know, it's politicians, it's police, it's government, especially with the giant orange monkey that we have in the White House. <laughs> it's 
it's bringing those nasty people. Right, I have to people. bring this up right now that you brought him up. All right. What do you think of Kanye West saying that he's going to run for president? It's a it's literally a vote for Trump. Right? It's literally a vote for Trump because all he's going to do is Take it's going to be the Harambe situation again. The stupid the stupid people that went out and put 30,000 votes out for a freaking dead gorilla to be president. Yeah. It's all you're doing is taking away votes from the people that need them. Yeah. And then you're giving the chance to the person who's losing his ass in the election. You know what's funny though? Like, I mean, just me personally, just because we're touching this on this on this on this topic, I, we're having another round of evil versus evil. Because like, yeah, I, I, I I'm not a, a Trump supporter at all because he has a big mouth and I hate the stuff he says, especially and about. He's always wrong. Yeah, and yeah. I, especially <laughs> about the stuff he says about Hispanics and all that stuff that he they're they're bringing drugs and all that stuff. Like I'm like, bro, you gotta get to know us. Second of all, um. Like Biden is just horrible himself, bro. Yeah. Like, come on, like that's it, what I was telling him. I was like, is there like I'd rather vote for the Democratic like it's, Party, it's, but I'm like, is there any other candidate you guys you have? Know, you know what's funny to me that this yeah. whole this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing with Maxwell getting caught up is gonna get both of these candidates in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> but that's hilarious. To me. But that's yeah. the ultimate goal, though. Pizza Gate is a hell of a thing, bro. She's that's connected the to Biden, goal, and she's connected to Trump. And See, but here's here's the biggest thing: if all of this came out. Two years ago, and Trump went under for being connected in the way that he is, that we know he is, because mm. there's testimony see, and pictures that prove it. I feel mm. like he became president to, to, to pardon himself from all this stuff. See, and he can't, is it. the funny thing. He's trying so hard to, to fight run away back from on it, the yeah. tax returns right now, uh -huh. and the Supreme Court just said, look, you cannot block New York, them seeing but, your tax returns. Yeah, New York got it, but Congress can't see it, which Not is funny, too. <laughs> they can't see it yet. yet. But New York has it, and if New York decides to pro like prosecute him, he's not going to be able to defend himself because they're going to have the proof they need. But if if what is happening now with Ghislaine Maxwell, whatever her name, I think that's yeah, right. yeah, I think you got it right. If it's Ghislaine Maxwell People say and Ghislaine, Epstein but... and all that stuff came out two years ago mm -hmm. when it should have, yeah, Trump well, would have been in prison. Well, technically, if it would have came out when it should have. Back in oh, 2005, yeah. Yeah, but he would have never a, even been president. 100%. <laughs> but, but we knew that it was going to get covered up from the day that yeah. it started yeah. because that's a massive scandal. Oh, definitely. But the, the biggest thing for me is if it had come out when it, when it, when it realistically should have, when it blew up, when, and, and you know, but everyone was like, oh, Clinton's, Clinton's killed Epstein. And yeah. uh, sorry, last year. Yeah. If Maxwell had been captured, Trump would have been impeached. Definitely. But here's the problem with that. Then Pence becomes president. Mm -hmm. which is, and I'm and sorry. And he's the crazier guy. Anybody who believes in electroshock therapy curing gay people of their so-called illness deserves to be put in that same chair <laughs> and left there. Yeah. With it on. Yeah. And, and that goes never back to my out. point of saying human beings are complex. Yeah. Like sexuality is complex. You know, you can't just... Think yeah. and, and that has to do with the idea of natural, right? That we say, oh, like sex should be this way because it's supposed to be natural this yeah. way. But it's like, okay, if you want to talk about natural, well, look at nature. There's gay animals in nature. Yep. So what's your argument there? Yeah. <laughs> there is. I can't. Man. I can't argue that. Dude. I used to have two dogs that would hump the shit at each other. And it was <laughs> yeah, like, it was, my dogs still do that. And I'm like, <laughs> stop it. You know, like if you want to talk about the nature argument, <laughs> hey, but at yeah. the same time, what do you say? No, just let them explore. <laughs> <laughs> Let the dogs just figure themselves out. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there. Like, do you say that? You do. You just walk away. And let me like... throw this out there. My two dogs was was 
son dog and dad dog. Like, dude, oh. that's not right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, so it's like, yeah, it's nature. But it's like, yeah. do you give that same argument? Do I say no? Let the dog think for himself. Like, come on, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, you know what I mean? And, and it's that, like, and, and then you have kids looking at that same like. What are they doing? Why yeah. are they doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, but that goes back to my point <laughs> is that if you argue the whole thing about like, oh, we have to look at the natural thing, right? There is nothing to it, yeah. man. Like you know, it's something that you discover and you see for yourself. If that's you or that's not you, yep. you know. So yeah, I and that has to do with the religious institution, the embedded ideas that you grow up on, and it sucks, you know, that there that there's someone in, in a position of power that thinks that way because you're like. There's more to life and we're more complex than that, man. You can't just get a category of people and just be like, oh, all of you got to go this way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, to lead on the religion thing, just to just to make a point and show how, just how powerful religious leaders can be. Have you ever actually taken a look at the map that they use to teach uh, geography, like world geography uh, in school? Have you ever seen the size of the countries? Yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. U.S., is like three times larger than yeah. South America. Always. But do you know why? No. That map was made for the Pope. Mm. In a time where Christianity was starting to spread. Mm-hmm. And nations that had more Christians were bigger. Hmm, interesting. So countries that accepted Christianity, Catholic, Christianity yeah. and Catholicism and whatever else you know, ties into that at that, at that time, obviously religion was a little different. Yeah. Whatever country had more of the people that Would supported the Pope were bigger in the map. When in reality, South America is way bigger than yeah, the U S yeah. is way like South Africa. If you ever the, take the a look land at is, is longer. Definitely yeah, Russia bigger. is gigantic in reality. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the square, the square mileage of Russia, but if you look at it on a map, China is smaller than Russia. In reality, China's like half the size of Russia. It's not even close to as small as they drew it on a map. And half of Russia's like ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but because the Pope hired these people to make a map, it was, oh, well, they have more Christians. They're going to be bigger. That's why the map is so different than actuality. And see, those are things that I was... We, we talked about this over and over on the podcast. We always said... The victor writes the history, man. There's a reason it's called his story. History. (laughs) Story. Exactly. Exactly, man. So I was like, the victor always gets to tell the story. And, you know, I've always always referred to this (laughs) passage in, because I'm a biblical studies major. So I, I like this passage in Ecclesiastes where it talks about there's nothing new under the sun. You know, because you don't know what has been written in the past or what has been done in the past prior to you. And I always quote that, you know, to Amori because I'm always like telling him, like, dude, like there's a lot of things that we're discovering now, but we don't know if this was discovered a long time ago. We don't know what happened in the past. Like, we don't know what's being hidden from us, why it's being revealed now. Like, there's a lot of things that you have to look at. And that's an interesting one, by the way. I didn't know that one about, you know, countries. But see, that has that plays into what I'm saying right now. Now. That's yeah. crazy. One, it's man. crazy who when when people have power, what they can do. Oh yeah, and, and it's it's absolutely baffling. You know, it's like there are things that are probably going on right now that we don't know about that will show up in fifty years, and people will be like, "I can't believe they did that," or like, yeah. "Oh my god, it's so amazing that they did that." Going back to Galen, we have a theory. Me and no. Maury, right now, <laughs> we have a theory that 
if Trump does not win, he might pardon her. I, you know what? I Do could you actually, think it's possible? And it's funny because you say that at a time where he can literally be quoted saying, I've never met her. I've never seen her. I don't know yeah, who she is. There's pictures with her. And there's pictures <laughs> with her. Pictures with her. He's going like, to be like, he's going to be like Prince Arthur. Yeah, but I don't remember that picture being taken. You, see, yeah, you yeah, saw yeah, that? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, bro. Have you seen documentary? <laughs> Come yeah, on, yeah, dog. Like, that's oh. fine that it was taken, but I don't remember it happening. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, so your memory trumps reality, right? <laughs> he, he, he quoted the great Rick James. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about that, huh? Yeah. Trust me. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. But I, I feel like that, that if, if she, he loses the election, he has till January to get her out of handcuffs. And a presidential pardon, it doesn't matter. Like, it's a presidential pardon. And I heard this from, I, I don't forget which teacher back then told me, presidents use their pardon because they that person has something on them. Oh, yeah. George Bush, the guy that he pardoned, had some kind of something about that. That guy that got hit with something, he was like, uh, went to jail for something with stock market fraud or something like that. So he knew something that George Bush was involved in pardoned him and that's just how the game works Here's the thing you know? that a lot of people don't know about that guy that guy owns a lot of land in argentina who george bush yeah oh, yeah. yeah his family owns a lot of land in argentina they're I mean, very wealthy down there around. i mean uh, uh, does argentina have oil um no Knowing that family the, probably that's the what i'm one, saying that's the, why the country that has some. a lot of oil and that's why venezuela? we're interested is venezuela yeah that's why they're they there have too. a lot of rich oil dude, dude they're, and that's they're, why the they're u.s the biggest oil reserve in the world that's why the u.s is trying to get the guy that they've elected to like Nicolas you know be, maduro? Yeah. yeah no no not, not maduro the other one oh, um, i forget Giel. the other guys in, yeah. Giel, yeah, yeah yeah they're trying to get him yeah to take it's control a whole coup and everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've followed that somewhat closely. Like a couple of months ago, there was um, an attempt to over to get, they they used like a, yeah, a they, private militarized group. They uh, it was like a coup. Yeah, yeah, it was or, it was uh, kind of funny because like what is that um, revolution? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was funny because I I saw the 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 interview that Maduro gave and he was talking about all oh, these guys are from Texas here as their their license and like everything like had all all their equipment out on tables and stuff and I was just like imagine what's happening to those guys right now dude yeah imagine the, the at, they're getting tortured probably oh, beat like you know who sent you here all this stuff and for sure like it was it was a US effort to do it you know what I mean and, oh 100% because yeah. the US wants a controlling interest in every country they can find and, and it's interesting because I was a private militarized group and the reward was what $35,000 to get something, Maduro something like that so it's like yeah. that's a good, int- that's a good yeah. I mean I told this guy I was like let's suit up bro let's go right? like, you know <laughs> I mean? let's go look for him I've, I've played enough Call of Duty now bro let's go do it you know what I mean? real life Call of Duty hell yeah man <laughs> I yeah, call I call in the 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 cluster strike was good you know what I mean <laughs> yeah you know bro exactly <laughs> strike there yeah. hide behind the corner and he's, see if you don't hit yourself he's like no hits on this run I'm like shit you know what I mean? that's funny bro but um, I mean speaking about cluster strikes man let's get back into like the whole pilot thing you know what I mean so yeah. you know what where did your training start and and how did that how did that path start for you you know what I mean getting trained and everything so. It started actually in Feinberg's class. Oh, wow. um, oh yeah, remember he did have a flight yeah, so, yeah, so I somehow I don't know how the hell I sweet talk this deal in, but I got a three thousand dollar check from the PTSA. What? Um, to buy a flight simulator for Feinberg's Aviation Club. 
Wow. Because I did that, it made me president of the aviation club. Wow. Um, I, dude, I, again, I've known this guy since <laughs> seventh grade, graduated high school. I did not know this. Yeah. How did you manage 3K, bro? Dude, if I knew, I would tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's sweet talk, I just, I just told the parents and, you know, put the charm on. And I'm like, if I do this, I can train people to fly. Jesus Even though I wasn't Christ. a licensed teacher. And they were like, okay. Yeah. And Miss Hernandez was like, uh, well, they said okay. So. Wow. Yeah, dude. That was one hell of a sweet talk. I still don't know how I did it. But Man. I did it nonetheless. That same I'm telling you. That, that adds- but I think you were probably, I mean, since you are a pilot now. That right? Adds- I think you were probably passionate enough about the topic. Yeah. To actually convince them. That you needed that flight simulator. I'm about to say yeah. that that throws in something to my time travel wishes. That if I could time travel, I'm taking that three thousand dollars away from you. Bro, <laughs> I did not know they're giving out money like that back Dude, then. Neither did I. I was lucky. Jeez. No, I but mean, look, uh, the, the, that's great though. I that's told amazing. him I was like, look, we have an aviation club. We have an opportunity to teach mm-hmm. kids to get interested in aviation. And at that time, I'm still like. I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm a plane nerd. Like yeah. if you if you sit down with me at a table and we're not talking about anything, I'll be like, oh look, Southwest, that's a seven thirty seven eight hundred. Or like, I'm that kind of guy. Like, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because I mean, this guy, we both used to work in an aviation office where we we're selling parts to airlines and all that stuff. So he'll probably be like, oh yeah, it is a seven thirty seven. It's a seven thirty seven <laughs> Max, and that yeah. thing sucks because they did this and this and that. So you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean th- that's a re- that's another reason why we brought you on here, not just because you're a pilot but because we, we somewhat related it to it because we worked in that industry yeah in a different in a different um parallel well, no, spectrum, side, yeah but it was it you're was, the behind the scenes workers in yeah. that sense yeah but the, we, yeah you know what i mean so yeah but, just for the aogs yeah. well, that's you, it you keep the maintenance going which keeps us going <laughs> you know so. what i mean so yeah it, it's interesting you know so that's why right. we were like we want to have that dialogue because yeah. he knows all about parts he's he's procuring parts you know, getting quotes and all that stuff, and and then you're the one that you know how I put what, them to use. Exactly, and I'm usually exactly. the one that breaks and, them. And you, <laughs> exactly, so you know. Hey, that's exactly. what mechanics hey. always blame. They're always like, "Well, you did something wrong." Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guy, all I it did was go like out. this, and it snapped. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like I was putting it in first, and then it just would it just slipped out. I don't yeah. know. Like the clutch is done now. Uh, you know what I mean, so yeah, know what you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it's. So from we'll, we'll get back to the the interest. Your, your, I mean, your heist, your three thousand dollar heist. Yeah, my heist <laughs> from Sosa's. That sim is still there, by the way. That's, wow. So like, is if you want a flight sim? Did go they to, put go like to a Snyder's plac- room. It's they put a little placade, you know? Like, no, it's I because wish they of put, you. I wish they would have put something right? to ignore. Right? I got a yearbook page. Oh, but there has to be a placade, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like this simulator is here because yeah. of Alex. Yeah, yeah, like how you gotta you gotta have door markers on yeah. the airplanes. They yeah. should be they should put that on the sim. You didn't get this if it weren't for me. Yeah, no, no, I, but I, I like I don't care to be honest. But I'm, that's dope, bro. That it's still there for, and the aviation club is still going and everything. Well, you can say that. I don't know how much it's actually good. From what I heard, after I graduated. Basically, all they did was just leave the computer in a corner and go fly it at lunch just to not be out in the hot sun. Uh, there was no real interest in learning what was going on. It was, it was just like to play with messing it. around, yeah, like just getting to play in a plane it. and like dive bombing the Twin Towers in 2001. Uh, like it was, it was dumb stuff. It was, yeah. it was like nobody actually did it for any interest in learning uh, at that mm-hmm. point. Hopefully, hopefully um, someone does though. But I, I, I had every intention of going back to Sosis and being a ground school teacher. Um, 
in aviation club and trying to get people interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my main. That was like my main thing. Was I told him I'm like, look, you know, I'm I'm working towards becoming a flight instructor. Yeah. I will come back, and once I come back, I can actually sign off in people's logbooks and get them rolling in a career in aviation. Wow. Because I've always been interested in it. I I grew up under the Burbank turn pattern. Yeah. They'd take off. They'd go right over my head. Sick. Yeah, and yeah. my dad is the kind of guy where trains, planes, and automobiles, he knows them. Yeah. Like, he could identify a plane at 35,000 feet that's going the other way. And I'm like, I still can't even do that half the time. <laughs> He's like, that's a 757. I'm like, Dad, it's a Boeing. That's all I know. <laughs> like... I yeah. can't tell US manufactured. It's a thousand knots closure. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, how do you know? He just, he's that kind of guy. I feel you. Um, so, me. I mean, by the time you got that, uh, the PTSA to give you those $3,000 for the simulator, had you already gone through simulation yourself and training? So I had been through simulators. I didn't have my license yet at the time. Um, again, you can't get that license until you're 15 and a half. And mm-hmm. I didn't even really start my license until I was 16. That's yeah. when I started going through flight training. Yeah. Um, and I did it out of Van Nuys at a flight school that I will not name and I will not recommend to anyone ever. <laughs> um, I don't know how I'm alive, to be fair. They had a plane disappear off the coast of Catalina. Wow. They've never found it. Wow. They have no idea While what training happened. someone? Yeah. How is this not news? Wow. It was news but for like, about a day. For about a day. Because no. I'm saying, like, you, you hear these Malaysian Airlines plane go missing and it's a huge news, obviously, because there's a lot of people on there. But... How do you not like? I never heard of that. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, if I, I look it up, I'm pretty sure if I look it up, no, you're not lying. But that's crazy. No, and it, and it, it it literally it took off out of Catalina and it never made it to Van Nuys. And they have no, the the student was very wealthy, so a lot of people that went to that flight school, our guess is that the and the flight instructor had a criminal background that he hid from the FAA. Oh, um, wow. Our guess is that he took the student down to Mexico and held him hostage, and then the plane would have disappeared in Mexico as well. Um, but the the curious question is LAX has ground radar yeah so they can see everything down to the water Mm -hmm. all the way out to Catalina so it's like how how do you not know where the hell did it go Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it can't just disappear. Plus, you got to report in as well. Yeah, because you got to talk have, on the you radios. Have, and you have to know the flight pattern too. Yeah. So it, it's not like you can just fly just to fly. Yeah, and so that's that, the that, thing. There's so a lot yeah, more I mean, questions. Yeah, I mean, to it's that. not the 1970s, 80s where yeah. you can fly cocaine from Colombia yeah. to Florida no, like it's yeah. nothing. There's <laughs> flight yeah, patterns, really and then you got to communicate. Because really so. for real, back then it wasn't like that. No, in the 70s, 80s, you could do that. You can buy drug runner airplanes today. And you won't know they're a drug runner airplane until you go to do maintenance and one of the floor panels pops out and you can see to the ground below the airplane. That's how you know because they used to drop the coke out of the plane. They'd go back there. It's a perfectly cut piece of the belly. For that brick. That's perfectly sized for a brick. And they would <laughs> drop it out of the belly. Wow. That's how they used to. And if you watch America, I think it's American Made is Tom Cruise's movie where he's oh, a, yeah, a yeah. pilot yeah. for yeah. the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They literally had a drug running airplane. Like that. In the movie, <laughs> and sick. you can see how they did it. That's, that's a real. That was a that real one. thing. Yeah. Like as as awesome as Hollywood wanted to make it look, it's that real. was real. Yeah, you know. So um, that's a that's a. I don't even have a story for that. I don't want to ever have a story for that. <laughs> hey man, life life is gonna take you in interesting places, bro. Listen, that- man, if I'm flying drugs, I promise you can shoot me first. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast number 1,000. Yeah, man. Um, I was running drugs for Pablo Escobar's son. Like, 
shit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they can come for me at any moment. No. <laughs> Imagine, no, I'm just kidding, bro. But, uh, oh, but so, yeah, so I was training out of Van Nuys Airport. I got one of my licenses done, and then I just decided I was going to continue and get all of them. Mm. Um, oh, wow. And so all went, of them, can you just give me a number? You don't have to go out of specifics, oh, but just number. Seven, How many license? Seven. seven. Eight, wow. Seven or eight. And that's like to fly. To like, make money flying. Oh, okay. All right. Um, oh, so wow. to fly in the clouds, to make money flying. I also got an aerobatic you license. You need a license to fly in the clouds? Yep. Wow. You have to be trained to fly in the clouds. Um, you need to be trained to do aerobatics. Dude, imagine people had to be trained to drive in the in the rain here in. Do, do we need that, <laughs> in bro? Los Angeles. Uh, I'm just saying we need that, dude. We need. <laughs> we don't need. We just need to send people for recurring training in oh, general. Oh right? my like, gosh, we need that, man. Bro, when it rains here, everybody's like freaks the hell out. Everybody starts driving like a grandma. Yeah, nobody it does not drive. Be raining. People get on the freeway at like 45 miles an hour, and I'm coming up on them at 65. I'm Match like, your speed. Hello? Yeah, like the purpose of the on ramp is to floor it. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anywhere you want to floor it, yeah. it's there. You ever wanted to go fast? Do it on the on ramp. Dude, I hate like, that. I'm, and I have a stick car, so that's when I like to floor it. Yeah. And then I get to someone just like topping me right at the end of the, the arm ramp. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. get out the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious, yeah. though. But yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know you need a license just to fly in the, in the. Yeah, you have to get special training. Basically, what happens is there's fluid in your head. It flows up and around around the temple. It goes around to the back of the head. Your brain interprets the motion of that fluid as to where your body is positioned in space. So mm. if you tilt your head this way, the brain goes, oh, well, the fluid's moving like this, but my eyes are seeing this. That means my head is tilted this far. Mm. That's how your brain can interpret what your body is doing. Uh. When you're in the clouds, you have no visual reference whatsoever. So the fluid is spinning, but the brain doesn't know what it's seeing because it's not seeing anything at all. Uh, so there are stories of people going into the clouds perfectly level and coming out upside down. Oh, wow. That is ridiculous. There are more accidents from people flying into clouds like Kobe mm-hmm. and dying mm-hmm. because they weren't trained or didn't have the equipment to fly in the clouds. Okay, now you went there. You just yeah. You just got you, you got to explain. You got to explain that to us for sure. Because we're so, Laker fans, we want to hear this. You look in my room, bro. Look, I have it's everywhere. I did a lot of thinking the second I heard what the accident was. Not to mention going outside and seeing the weather, mm-hmm. and I knew immediately what the guy did because I knew the guy. He was a hotshot helicopter pilot, mm. and all the stories of him confirm that. From yeah. Lakers managers to Lakers players talking about the pilot doing high-speed military maneuvers in a civilian aircraft or, or a helicopter. Yeah. The second I went outside and I saw the cloud cover, I knew exactly what he did. I knew that he went visual flight into IMC, which is known as Instrument Meteorological Conditions. I knew he went from being able to see to not seeing a damn thing but his hands in the glass and then did what and f- had what's called sea fit or controlled flight into terrain. And I called that the second that they made the announcement that Kobe's helicopter crashed. And two weeks later, the FAA confirmed that. Wow. Yeah. So what he did is he went in an aircraft that was not capable of flying in the clouds, said, I've done this enough. Yeah, because I heard I about that. They this. didn't have the equipment to, to do that. He didn't have any of the well, equipment. Well, from what you told me, mostly helicopters do not have this it's equipment. It's really hard to put that equipment in a helicopter. There is not a lot of space. And that's 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 stunning to me, knowing how many helicopters I hear just yeah, going around, around this 
you know, like in the you valley. Ha- you just, have stuff from the police helicopters to uh, news mm-hmm. helicopters that yep. are passing by. Businesses that, that take Plus people on tours. Yeah. yeah, Children's Hospital and mm-hmm. all those organizations. The, the wildfires when they use dropping, water dropping helicopters. So, so, so military grade, or uh, not even military grade, you'll hear the military fly over a lot. Mm-hmm. They obviously have special training to fly at super low altitudes with all their equipment that they have to be able to see. Yeah. Um, the fire department has special equipment that allows them to fly super low, but even they have a limit. The police also fly extremely low, but even they have a limit. Mm-hmm. And there are actual rules on how low you can go where first responders like fire department and LAPD, they can actually go below that because they're doing something special. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you're not supposed to, in a populated area, you can't go below a thousand feet. Mm. So when you see that helicopter orbiting, he's only at 500 feet, but he's got a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got... Permission, Clearance, yeah, yeah. Um, but what happened with Kobe's pilot, he was actually stuck in a circle over the LA Zoo in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. And a holding pattern is used when you can't get where you're going and you want to wait for the sun to burn some of the fog off. Mm-hmm. So he was waiting there and they were waiting because at that point they can only allow a certain number of helicopters in the airspace at a time because they have to provide separation by radar from other traffic. It's extremely hard to track this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. You know, in a, if you take a clock and you put a guy at 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and 9 o'clock, and they're all going in different directions, that's they a little collide. hard yeah. Yeah. to control. Mm-hmm. So in a situation where you're doing the work and you have to manage Southwest taking off and leaving, you want to only have to deal with one guy. Yeah. So they have a rule set out where you don't go into the airspace if there's another helicopter in the airspace, which there was. So he was holding out at the L.A. Zoo. He held for a while. They finally let him through. Then he tried to do what's called special VFR. Special VFR is special visual flight rules. There was no way in hell he met the qualifications for special VFR. And the controller even told him, I can't get you special VFR through my airspace. And he decided he was going to try it anyway. Wow. And he said, we're just going to go ahead and go VFR. I can see. And he flew straight into clouds. And at that point, that helicopter does not move slow. And he was chugging through the clouds at some blistering high speed, something like 160 knots. They're saying that I think from L.A. Zoo, it went to Burbank, and then he kind of cut through the valley, got to the 101, and that's when he went towards... Yeah. Calabasas. Yeah, so he was trying to go out to Kobe's training facility out that way. Yeah, in Westlake or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's a very normal flight on a day like today, where there's no clouds, there's no rain, there's no fog, there's not even really that much smog in the air. Yeah. That's a very normal procedure. But when you throw clouds in the mix, it changes everything. Yeah. He didn't have the instruments to do it. Yeah. All he really had was a speedometer, an altitude indicator, and a thing that basically told him, yeah, you're probably level. <laughs> um, but he didn't have radar. He didn't have the coverage from uh, all the different services that we have available to us because they couldn't see him because he was too low. Hmm. He did everything wrong. He didn't go based on the protocol, basically. He broke every rule in the book. And for someone with as many hours as he had and as much experience as he had, he got complacent. And we have a... A saying in aviation, complacency kills. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. 
So he goes into these clouds. He doesn't have terrain radar, so he doesn't know where anything is. He's at a very high rate of speed. He can't determine what's up and what's down, and he ends up basically hitting a wall at 180 miles an hour. Yes, yeah, and that's what the that's and the that's what said. ended up happening. Yeah. And it's to hear that news and wake up to that news. Oh, it's horrible, man. As a pilot, not even as a not even as a Laker fan, mm-hmm. but but as a pilot coming from the aviation side, I. I just like I bubbled with rage. Like I was red in the face. I could f- it, if it was cold outside, I could have gone outside and been steaming. Mm. I was furious I because it was that. such a simple thing. All he had to do was not do what he did. He could have just told Kobe, "Look, I have to land at Van Nuys. Get your limo over there and get him to drive you. I I have to land at Burbank. I can't see where I'm going." But it's Kobe. Right. Yeah. So what Kobe says, you try to do. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the way private aviation works, is when the passenger says, you try to do. Yeah. And I was going to ask you that too, as a pilot, you know, I don't know, have you ever worked in private? I was in the private sector, but I was on the ground. Okay. I was a ground handler. So I mean, my question would be to you as a pilot. I mean, I know you're working in in, in, in a, as a commercial pilot. So yeah, your job is to get people safely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I know in a private thing that could be different because you know it's the private sector. The clients is the one that dictates it. But yeah. you know, I think most pilots, even being in the private sector, would still be like, "I'm not risking my life at the end of the day." Yeah. If I get fired, yeah, I, I live to breathe another day. But you know, I don't know. What, what what could you say about that? That's that's where the saying "complacency kills" comes in mm. because what he did was, "Oh, I've done this flight." It's easy. He relied on his instincts instead there. of the protocol. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I know how to get there. I'll mm. just follow the freeway. It can't be that bad. I was actually driving that way that morning after the crash. I was on the freeway that morning uh-huh. going by there. And even two hours after the accident, you couldn't see the mountains. Yes. It was, I was here yeah. in Van Nuys at church and it was like 11 o'clock and it was pretty far. Yeah, you pretty couldn't bad. see the yeah. freeway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it was to the point where it's like, okay, even if he was low enough to see the freeway, he would have lost his license for being that low. And number two, going that fast, that low... He would have lost control. But yeah. even the people when he passed over uh, the houses, uh, like, you could hear yeah, it, the Burbank dude. area. Not just that, but, but the Calabasas right before it they crashed. They talked you about could it, hear it, how like they could hear it. Yeah, because he like, was that when low. He, when he was, he was in Burbank and Glendale, he was trying they were to talking under. about that. Like a lot of people called in, like, "Hey, why is there a helicopter going around?" Yeah, because he was trying to stay under the fog, under the weather, and just to like. That's the first thing you learn as a as that the first license you get as a private pilot before you even get in the plane when you're in a simulator the first thing you learn is you're a private pilot you don't have training in the clouds don't go in the clouds. Is is that a license required to be a yeah, private he, pilot? He, he did state private that. Private pilot is the is the first license you okay, get. Okay, okay. Yeah, and you have to get that before you can get any of the other ones. Yeah, yeah but okay. he did state that the other ones are a separate license. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're different. They're different mm-hmm. training. Definitely. It's a whole different set of rules. There's different tests. There's different everything. There's different instruments required. There's different equipment required. There's wow. different everything. And as a private pilot, in the very beginning of your training, before you do anything fancy, before you have any fun, you learn, 
do not go in the clouds. Mm. If you go in the clouds, declare an emergency and turn around. And that's exactly the opposite of what he did. So even 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 if you you're like yeah you're in the private sector, uh, client first or whatever you're, that's still the first thing you get in your training regardless. You know, what, you know what I've seen pilots make judgment calls where the the client was the the deciding factor. Yeah. But there's an extent to which if you make that call, you risk your life as well as theirs. Yeah. And there are more pilots that will not allow that to happen than there are pilots that will make that call and go. It's called a a go or no go. Yeah, and I guess connecting this to what we spoke about earlier, one bad pilot, all bad pilots... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean, sure. so I'm it's a like, bad pilot because no, that guy's bad. I'm right? just saying, like, like you can't say that yeah. narrative because it just doesn't apply. No, you know? and I, and that's the thing is like because of what he did, I can't be mad at every helicopter pilot out there. Yeah, I know some damn good helicopter pilots. Yeah, but he made them look bad. It's definitely. Yeah, and he while he well, made them look lot, bad, a lot of people started saying, oh, "I don't want to fly anymore on helicopters." After that, oh, well, I'm not gonna lie. At some players, point, I'm kind of terrified to ever get on one because listen, it's listen, like, listen, I called a helicopter a screaming metal death trap for the longest time. Yeah, and the time. reason is because they can't glide. If you lose power, you're going down. Mm. Like you, you got what's it's called auto rotation, so you can kind of flow with what's going on. But you can't like you can't take your time. You you're you're like oh crap! I gotta land. That looks fine. I'll go there. Like you don't have time. Mm, yeah. That's why helicopters require so much more training than an airplane. Wow. It's so much more intense because it's so different. It's like going from a car to a motor to like a one wheel. Like wow. it's just you can't just do that. Yeah, you can't yeah. just get on it and be proficient and just be a master. Yeah, because I know that like a commercial aircraft, you know, or any big aircraft that is mimicking a bird, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. The you know ascending yeah. and descending, that's what it's mimicking. Yeah. But when it comes to a helicopter, it's not even mimicking the bird. It's not a bird at all. Yeah. It's 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 literally like a motorcycle with the wheel on top. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> I like. I don't Not have like a better explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It's like it's. It's so different. There's no. There's nothing that you can compare a helicopter to in the airplane side of the world. That in that industry, in the airplane industry, you can't just be like, oh yeah, well the helicopter is just like an airplane. It's not. Yeah. At all. Yeah, I can like, see that. Like you can't. You can't do that. You yeah. can't make that comparison. Yeah, I mean. For example, a couple years ago, you heard about that 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 pilot that landed over the Hudson in New York. Oh, I met him. I love that guy. He's right. awesome. He's yeah, amazing. Cool. That's amazing that you yeah. met him. But like the gliding thing, that's what helped him be able to land that plane. To right? descend, yeah. yeah. Because he learned he was a glider pilot for thousands of hours, and he learned that there's a very specific angle that you have to be at for certain things. To be able to make that decision, he needs time. In a helicopter, he doesn't get that. Mm. He would have been down in the buildings. Yeah. In that jet liner, to be nice to it, when you lose both engines, yeah, your time is short, but you've got a damn sight more time than a helicopter falling out of the sky like a rock. Mm -hmm. And he was able to glide over the bridges and calculate I don't even. I don't even think he actually physically decided he was going to calculate the angle he needed to hit I the water. I think it was water. his experience. That's about right. It was. It was his. <laughs> his na- it was like first yeah. nature to him. Yeah. He just knew. Okay, 
Because realistically, when those engines hit the water in any other water landing, that airplane's getting ripped apart. Yeah. Because you're you're taking a smooth surface and sticking two boulders down underneath it. Mm-hmm. And those 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 jet engines are not hollow. There's no bypass. Yeah. It's hitting fan blades, compressors, the engine itself. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like meeting a wall. So yeah. that's why that airplane dips its nose into the water. Yeah. But he was at just the right angle and at just the right speed that he managed to perfectly land that airplane on water. Yeah. Something no one had ever done before and no one thought possible. And the FAA tried to say, well, you could have made it to the airport if you had just turned immediately. But how can you turn to me? How do you know that you're going to lose both of your engines at a lower altitude yeah. than anyone ever? Like <laughs> he lands the plane. What the hell? Yeah. And everyone <laughs> survived with minor injuries, like a flight attendant cut her ankle and some stupid lady jumped into the water and like almost froze herself to death. Cause she's like, I got to get out of here. There's oil. Just stay on the damn wings. Stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> it's yeah. panic, man. It's the yeah. panic yeah. at that moment. And, that, and then in that moment, that's what happens. Yeah. You panic. Yeah. But it's the people that can stay level-headed yeah. that, that survive for sure. But it's, see, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying is that it just became nature to him because yep. he had trained for so much time that, you know, it's like when you train for fighting or when you train for something that you're accustomed to training that when the pressure comes on for whatever you've trained for, you're so calm and you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah, and, that's, you know? and, and I'm sure that you can see that, like, when you look at a pilot, you really hope he's not sitting there like, Oh, Panicky, what, yeah, what am yeah, I doing? Like, yeah. and I'm sure the same is for a fighter. Like, you want to see the fighter in the corner. Like, I'm getting ready to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're trained to be in that mindset. Yeah. yeah, just like I'm trained to be in the mindset of, okay, if an emergency happens, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. If if something goes wrong, you, this got, is you what know I have your to protocol. Do. You've There's practiced it. That you you've just done it over do, and yeah. over. They literally have simulators that don't move and don't do anything except simulate emergencies, and you have to practice the flows. You sit there, and it doesn't show you anything. You just practice flows. Do you do, like, reoccurring training as yeah. well? Yep. Oh, see, There's always see, reoccurring training. Yeah, that's why. So that, that helps you to always memorize yep. and be in that conflict. So if you ever have to go through that conflict, you know what to do. Exactly. And yeah. there's checklist on checklist, book after book. Uh, there's procedure after procedure to handle these situations. Now, I have to ask, Boeing or Airbus? If it ain't Boeing, I'm not going, okay? <laughs> For, for our listeners, Boeing is a U.S. manufacturer. Yeah. Airbus is European manufacturers. So, so they're the two. They're the they're the two biggest manufacturers for commercial aircraft. Yeah, I mean, you got Dornier who makes the Beluga or the Fair the Fairchild. Yeah. Um, not really called the Beluga. Don't go looking up the Dornier <laughs> Beluga. It's not a real thing. I just call it that. And then there's Embraer too, right? Embraer, but they're uh, smaller. Embraer is now Mitsubishi though. Oh wow. Oh okay. no, no, uh, no. Sorry, Bombardier. Bombardier. Is now Bombardier. Yeah. Um, yes, there is Embraer, um, Bombardier or Canadair, who's now Mitsubishi. They sold yeah. their, their line to Mitsubishi. Uh, and then there's like a handful of Russian jets that are basically like, if you want to fly on that and lose your life, that's on you. <laughs> like, um, no, but Boeing. But I know lot, Boeing is the most trusted. A lot of people right now know the name Boeing because yeah. Boeing's had a lot of issues lately. Yeah. But they're with their triple sevens. Yeah. Well, no, not even just the triple seven, the 37. Oh, really? The triple seven max is not actually having that many issues. Not any. Okay. They had a wing stress. They had a wing stress fracture issue where they did the wing stress test on the triple seven and it snapped the belly. Mm -hmm. But it was at a point that was so far beyond anything nature could ever force that wing to do. It really wasn't that big of an issue. Okay. 
um, the issues with the 737 Max. Oh, okay. And their MCAS system or maneuver. It's um, uh, it's maneuver characteristics augmentation but system. But weren't they saying that uh, the pilots didn't get the training they needed for no, they it? Didn't. They did. They, they did well, that's, and that's why those cases that's, happened. That's such a fine line to walk because what happened is a system kicked in. In, in a climb out, you have to maintain a certain angle of attack to maintain that climb, and you need to maintain the airspeed. So there's a certain limit where you meet the aerodynamic uh, aerodynamic limits of the airplane and you enter a stall. Mm-hmm. A stall is basically, you've lost lift. That's all. It's yeah. not, the plane can't recover. The plane can recover if you've got enough altitude mm-hmm. and you have enough time. Yeah. Anything can recover from a stall. That's just a fact. What ended up happening is these pilots were climbing out and they reached an, what's, uh, what the computer thought was critical angle of attack where because of the... I'll finish the story, but then I'll explain the reasoning for it. Because of the angle of attack of the airplane, they were going to lose lift. So the computer kicked the nose down. Oh. Once the computer kicked the nose down, okay. the pilots had to react. Yeah. The pilots pulled back. Yeah, to try to get the lift again. To get the lift again. Yeah. But yeah. they reached that angle of attack again. And then the it kept computer put, and then kicked it, the nose back oh, down. Oh, wow. But it didn't just kick it down, it trimmed it down. So it changed the actual angle of the elevator. Oh, okay. So pilots set that before takeoff. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the fins on the back? Yeah, yeah. And they're like either like this or kind of level. Yeah, yeah. Pilots can change that angle. Yeah. And they can change it during flight, too. The MCAS system basically said, oh, God, you're getting too high. You're going to stall. Trim the nose down. So it changed the angle of the elevators. For those of you that don't know, the elevators are the back part of the wings. Yeah, the tail fins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got three tail fins. One it's like I'm understanding, up. but I'm like, our, our, yeah. our listeners are like, what so, are they talking about? So tail fins, <laughs> tail fins on an airplane. There's more than two wings on a plane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's um, about eight of them yeah. <laughs> on each side. Yeah. So you've got Left the main right. wings, which everybody yeah. knows are the giant wings that stick off the side. Yeah. Then you have what's known as the tail fins. Some people call them the tail feathers. Others call it the empennage. You have three. So you have mm-hmm. the vertical tail fin and the two horizontal tail fins. Yeah. The two horizontal are known as the elevators. This, yeah. The vertical one is known the, rudder. As the rudder. Yeah, the rudder. Mm-hmm. Um, the rudder controls your nose direction, kind of like the steering on a car, how you yeah. can go left and right. That rarely gets damaged. Uh, yeah, but when it gets damaged, no, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah, it's really bad, <laughs> definitely. But it rarely um, does. It's uh, Yeah, because but it's the, elevators the, it's the on highest the wings. point. Those get damaged often. Elevator gets damaged because it's getting a lot of aerodynamic forces pushed down on it. Wings just take a lot of stress yeah. from flexing and from hard landings when pilots just don't know because how to land Because we airplane. do sell a lot of slots, man. <laughs> yeah. We do sell oh, a lot slats? of slots. Yeah, yeah. Are like slats. The, yeah. Okay, so That's slats, our bread and butter. If you ever, if you ever for the people that are listening, if you're ever landing and you look out the wing and you look at the front of the wing and it looks like there's something hanging off of it, that's the slat. Slats take the most amount of yeah, aerodynamic force. Exactly, most damage. Because they're sticking because they're right themselves in the front. out into the wind, mm-hmm. and then they're trying to maintain lift. Yeah. So, wow, I got loud in my headset <laughs> yeah, for a second. because you wanted to hear you a little bit better. <laughs> oh, does that I'm mean I'm being too loud? I'm sorry. No, that was because, like, I felt like we were overpowering you at some oh, point. Oh, okay. And just because since you have that mic, it, it's... It, you know, it's it just works when you pull back a little bit more. Okay, so that's th- fine. That's all it was. I, I, I'm just messing around. But Sorry to interrupt you guys. Keep oh, going with fine. the whole um, rudder slat elevation. So <laughs> elevators. 
<laughs> elevation. Hey, elevation. elevation you're not wrong, works. but not apart. That's an altitude. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no. So, Continue. so what ended up happening was this this system kicked in, and it punched the nose down. All the pilots had to do was turn the system off. They had to manually fly. Yeah. But Boeing never told them that that's what that's, they had to do. That's the thing. That's because that's what Boeing was trying to cover themselves. Well, yeah, because by Boeing saying didn't you guys tell didn't take the anyone. Training. Yeah. Boeing didn't tell anyone that it had these problems, because Boeing tried to hide it. Mm. Because Boeing wanted the airplane to be pushed through and sold yeah. so it can compete with the Airbus. Yeah. Because the Airbus was getting better engines and Boeing didn't have the room underneath the 737 to put a better engine. Mm -hmm. So they just forced this plane out there, which was the worst thing they could have done. The reason that they had to put this system in is because in order to fit a bigger engine on the 737, they had to raise the engine on the wing. Oh, okay, okay. Because they raised it on the wing, the engine was then, if you look at a picture of it from the front, mm -hmm. the engine was then higher than the wing, which okay. disrupts the airflow yeah, yeah, at certain angles of attack or at certain yeah. nose, like where you're putting the nose. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you induce a stall without even being at low air speeds. You induce a stall and to a point where you could actually break the wings. Wow. So, in order to counteract that and not let pilots get to that angle of attack, they introduced MCAS, or Maneuvering mm. Characteristic Augmentation System. Yeah. Mm. Which is supposed to help them or it's aid them. To, yeah, it's just supposed yeah. to push the nose down and as a gentle little, hey, too high. Yeah. Well, when the pilot does it again, the MCAS system does the same thing. Mm -hmm. But this time it makes a little more aggressive of a correction. Yeah. And then it makes a little more aggressive of a correction. And it continues making aggressive to corrections. Where the pilot can no longer make the lift. It's basically the pilot is trying to pull a house out of the ground when he's pulling the yoke back mm -hmm. or the controls back. Yeah. That's how heavy it gets. That's incredible. And so all the pilots really had to do to save the situation was shut off the MCAS. Now, shutting off the MCAS isn't as simple as just turning off the autopilot, which is just a little lever. They'd have to reach for a, a circuit breaker. And it's a little more complicated than just like, oh, boop, off, you know, yeah. like yeah. button off, done. It's not, turning off your it's not that simple. Yeah. The other problem is that MCAS was designed by software engineers making $8 an hour. Wow. And, wow. and excuse my knuckle <laughs> and, crack. And, but also, the, I mean, if good. you're talking about software engineers, they most likely don't even know what it means to fly. R realistically, so, they don't. And now Boeing has engineers that are specifically aviation-related engineers. To try to assist them. But they, they don't necessarily use them all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that Boeing has been facing lately, is Boeing is no longer run by pilots. Mm. Boeing is now run by lawyers. Yeah. Because it's, beca it's, beca it's become such a huge corporation. Yeah, it really has because, because of because, their success. Because it not only they not only do commercial, but they also go into military. And they also yeah. do freight. A lot of yes. freight. And freight is really what kept them alive. Well, freight is what's keeping any airline alive right now yeah. at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so Boeing's been in a little trouble lately Question, for that. Do you need a license to fly freight? Yes, but there's a so it's not like when you get a driver's license, you have a class C, a class A, and a class B, mm -hmm. where you can drive trucks with one and you know the, do certain things with one and certain things with another. Yeah. So in aviation, you get a private pilot's license, then you get ratings, and then you get a commercial pilot's license, and then you get ratings. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like 
can't, you can't even relate it to cars in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Basically what it is, is you get a license to do certain things. And then for everything you want to do beyond that, you get rated or rate rated. Um, like how well you're doing on your flight patterns and not all even that. that. It's, it's not even that you, you do have a test for it. Like, I think I'm carrying right now my, one of my lower level licenses, um, and I can show you, which, sorry, listeners, you can't see this right now, but... It's all good. Um, we'll get there. I am, it. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, this license says private pilot right there. You see that? I know it's your purple light on a green card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see it, though. <laughs> it private says private pilot. pilot. I just retook that exam. So, Sick. it's a fresh card. Now, on the back, and I'll show you as well, it says private pilot down there. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. So, now, on the back... It would just say it. It and says you got my the FAA symbol on the side yeah, too. It's all yeah, it's legit. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not lying. On the back, <laughs> it says airplane single engine land. Yeah, I see. Instrument. It. Yeah. So that that gives me the license to fly through the clouds. Oh wow! So each thing you do beyond that, you get a new card for that specific thing. Oh, so when you're saying ratings, you're saying that That's they're crazy. adding stuff to the back of your license. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's another license what you can what you can do and cannot right. do. And it's, it's it's essentially another license. Yeah. Is realistically what it is to do something else. Uh Ridge Wallet fantastic but also terrible. Um, <laughs> fantastic but terrible for you. No, so so it's 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 very complex. So you don't need you need a license to make money. And that's a commercial pilot's license okay. to so, carry a certain amount of people and fly in airplanes over a certain gross weight. You need to have what's called an ATP or an air transport pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Then when you go to said freight company like Atlas Air, who flies 747s, 57s and 67s. Big, yeah. another big customer. Well, that's what they're flying right now. Right now during COVID, a lot of airlines are flying the 747s. They're on very high demand on parts right oh, yeah. now. Because Boeing stopped making parts. Yeah. Um, But when you go to fly each different airplane, you have to get a rating for that airplane. So you get another license for each airplane, essentially. That's incredible. So... Uh, Have you ever thought about going into freight? I would love to go into freight if they were hiring. Uh, Oh, Nobody is hiring. So so it's like limited count to get into freight? It's not even that. It's just COVID has frozen hiring across the board. People can't verify that you're not sick. Other than testing you, which testing you could be any one of the corona, because the coronavirus isn't even, everybody says coronavirus, COVID-19 is what it is, but coronavirus is a class of diseases or viruses. Yeah, it's it's, uh, different strains depending on where you're at. Yeah. Like the the strain in New York is different than the strain here in California. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. The common because cold, the one by the way, is a coronavirus. Uh, I, I've known, I've heard that, but I didn't know it was different strains from New yeah, York to yeah, LA. Because you have to what think about. I like. I know New York had sour diesel, and we had like OG Kush. But Jesus no, Christ, no, no. Like, because you have to think about strains the when it comes to viruses. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. you have to think about the fact that New York has a lot of Europeans that come in. So the the and it's the, a different climate as well. Yeah. And, and it, it thrives in the cold as well. So New York is perfect for and that. Aren't they more humid than we are? Because uh, we're dry in a, in a sense, it, it, it is more humid, but it's that cold humid, so it's mm, not okay. the same feeling. It's not the same kind of. Humid. I just know that they they during the summer they get hot summers oh, too, yeah, and, and it's, it's like nasty. humid, nasty. You yeah. feel like you're sweating when you're not sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, going into that, how has COVID affected your your you know working for as a pilot? You know, so I was in between jobs. 
Already before this? Before, like, just as it was hitting. Okay. And it was mostly like, I need to get out of this one and go to the next one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because this one is dying. Mm. Um, And in the middle of it, they put out a hiring freeze. Mm. It's basically... We got to lay people off. We're putting all yeah. of our airplanes in storage and well, we can't that's, hire that's what we you. Saw the, I saw like a few pictures of oh, them. Victorville? Yeah, yeah. They're all stored. They don't have runways in yeah. Victorville because they've got so many airplanes in storage up there. Yeah, I saw the Dude, photos. So how are that. they going to clear it out? How are they going to run planes, planes off once like... Uh, they, they have they have they one have or two ways. active runways, yeah. but oh, they're okay, going to okay. use tugs and push them out. They they don't like pull them up and they're parked like dude. They're like wingtip to nose. Like <laughs> they're using tugs and pulling them into place. It's they're crazy. not just driving like, them up. Um, you live here like in Sherman Oaks, so yeah. like you see like by the Sherman Oaks Galleria and like how there's a bunch of parking lots. There's just a bunch of cars. Even and the gallery. How the hell they get them in there? Yeah, and uh, those are all the those are all dealership cars that they're just parking all their yeah. cars there. There's one here down the street here though. They have a bunch of like. Maseratis and Jeeps since they're from the yeah, Russell for, Westbrook. For right, I think that's Right L now. Right L? Yeah. Okay. I just know that it's Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook's. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's, it's Westbrook. It's Westbrook Dodge. Yeah. That's who it is. It's not Right L. It's But Westbrook. it's crazy. I, I didn't know. I thought at first I was like, oh, that's Westbrook. But later on, I found that's actually Russell yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, you see they put a basketball court in the, in yeah, the dealership in the and there. he was there on the day they opened it. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. But yeah, he was there. That's crazy. I mean, I, I know he's here from LA and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah. So you said you're in between jobs. They froze everything. It's it's a tough time right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that got lucky and they're still getting hired. There's a lot of people that um, were in the process of coming on that had to then go out and like prove they don't have coronavirus, then quarantine, and then go through training. But there is just a hiring freeze right now. It, they don't care who you are. It doesn't matter. They're letting people go. United's about to release 36,000 people. Yeah, I saw that actually. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's bad. Air travel demand, is it like... Everything, it's down well, like ninety five percent. Demand right now is just freight and then domestic. But the crazy thing, um, I think I told Maury about this, or I think I was talking to one of my coworkers about this. That even domestic flights have start stopped serving alcohol. They stopped serving everything. Because, you get a goodie bag because they don't have <laughs> the funds to be pro- providing that. Yeah. Well, so uh, my neighbor is a first class flight. She's what's known as a purser for American. Okay. Um, she's basically the flight attendant in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been with American for 27 years. Wow. And she got put on uh, unpaid administrative leave wow. because of COVID. And that's what they're calling it is unpaid leave. Wow. Um, she came back. She's now flying again. They don't go down the aisles at all. You get a goodie bag when you get on. They and that's what pa- you pass get. it to you, yeah. Like when you enter a kids' party, yeah. Essentially, Here you go. yeah. You know the little yeah. the little plastic <laughs> yeah. that always ripped. Whatever you put yeah. in it, it ripped. Yeah. It's basically that, and it's cleaning supplies and like it's not even. I don't even think they're giving you water or snacks right now. Yeah, there's nothing being served to allow you to remove your mask. Mm. It's wow. and and Americans taking the biggest hit because they are packing airplanes. And it doesn't matter if your coach or business is you get the same no, treatment. Well, it's the same. I mean, obviously, well, other than the normal, there is. I heard that there is no first class at the moment. What because they're also doing those social distancing and all that. No, Americans not. Yeah. Americans not doing social distancing. They're I've getting seen, a lot of flack for I've that. I've seen like oh. I know you're gonna say this is a horrible airline. Spirit Airlines also was not doing. Dude, that. if you could, if they could charge people for standing room only, they would. <laughs> 
Like you know those roller coasters where you like you feel like you're standing up. Yeah, yeah they yeah. would put those seats that's, in a Spirit Airlines just to pack you in like a oh closet, my gosh. dude. Like so they're the one of those airlines that want those want you to be standing because I know that there's, if they could, they would. Have you heard of that though? How like they want to? You're not literally not sitting anymore. You're standing throughout your whole flight. Yeah. That's freaking ridiculous. Well, and it's it's supposed to be the ergonomic standing where like you're like half sitting, half standing. You're in like that 45 degree. No, mm-hmm. dude. Like, if I'm, I have to do that, I'm gonna punch somebody, dude. First of all. <laughs> Like I'm, a, I'm sorry. And they do that to the pilot. I'm sorry, but I'm a man, and like I, my nuts gotta breathe. Bro, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm, I, the roller coaster you're talking about is Riddler here, yeah, Riddler. here at, yeah. in yeah. at Valencia and Six Flags, dude. That there's people that get stuck, and they like you're just it's killing your nuts the whole yeah. ride, bro. Yeah, dude. So it's like it's I can bad. only imagine that. You know, I'm not. I'm no, not down and, with and, that. And, but that's look. There's there's budget airlines for a reason. They do well. They're they're the like I don't want to pay three hundred dollars to go to Vegas. Let me pay eighty nine dollars to go to Vegas. Yeah, but then when I hear when I hear about things about Allegiant Airlines, I'm like hell no. I am not getting on a just to pay just to get to Vegas for thirty dollars. I'm not getting on that flight. Hell no. Like no. I've seen that, and we were I was working at that office when that when all that stuff was going on. That's scary shit, man. I'm not doing that. Like yeah, no. Yeah, yeah it's bad. And then the other thing too is that a lot of airlines have already closed down permanently, like Miami Air International. Oh yeah, there's it tons closed of airlines. down in in May. Oh, Virgin Australia is about to go under. They're yeah. in. They're in um, Australia has a different term for the way that they coin uh, being basically being under government control. Um, Essentially, when we go, what you would call bankruptcy here, where you get the time to like kind of rebuttal your funds and come back stronger. That's what Avianca did. Avianca went on bankruptcy already as well. So, so in Australia, it's different. So Virgin Australia right now is being run by the government until they can get their money back. Oh wow! Okay, so that's, that's, that's so they're trying to keep are they the, socialist keep them government there. Is it just? Or? I don't know what the hell Australia is to be honest. That's they're just crazy. like, dude. I was that sounds my, that sounds was talking to my, as buddy, my buddy said when they want to say wow, they say fair dinkum. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like I don't know anything, dude. I don't. I don't. That's like, such a weird. It's phrase. such a weird country, dude. Every animal there is designed to, to kill, kill you. you. <laughs> like fair dinkum. Yeah. Oh All right, I gotta God. ask you this. Uh, what's your favorite location that you've been to, man? Ah, oh, man. You know, it's not even what I've airlined to. Um. I took a little four-seater from Van Nuys Airport to Houston, Texas. Right. And I'm not going to explain the the legality behind what I did because I did some fun things um, <laughs> that you shouldn't do. And I'm not saying you should do them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I got you. Um, no, but we took a little four-seater from Van Nuys Airport to Houston, Texas. Is that too long of a flight for that four-seater? Oh, okay. I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It... It should have been eight hours, which would have been legal. Okay. I won't say how many hours it actually was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you have to stop for refueling? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Um, on the way there twice, on the way back three times. Okay, oh. so so make sense of this for me. So one of those planes can only go a certain distance? Yeah, or? so so the plane that I took had a maximum range, effective range of like 600 miles. Um, because we can only carry 48 gallons of gas and we burned something like 10 gallons an hour. Mm. So... You got a certain amount of time you can fly, basically five hours. Um, but and we can we can control fuel flow in the little planes. Okay. So we can lean it out to make more power, but also use less fuel. Mm. So we were flying at something like eleven thousand five hundred feet, and we were burning like six gallons an hour and making all the power in the world. But we had like a forty knot headwind, yeah. so it didn't matter how damn fast we flew. The wind was like, nope, you're going forty miles an hour slower than you think. Yeah. 
Um, and, and for example, so those planes can only fly 600 miles in a day? You can't stop and keep going? Or how does that work? No, so you can only go eight hours a day, as a, or ten hours, to, eight, eight to ten hours to uh, a day as a pilot. Um, and it's limitations for, on the pilot. Is that not, for medical reasons and just fatigue yeah, and all that? essentially fatigue and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Because mm-hmm. back in World War II, we used to have guys, and even, even in the Cold War, we used to have guys flying nonstop for 36 hours. And they'd come back and they'd go absolutely psycho. Or they would die. Wow. Um, is it just because of air pressure too and all that stuff too that you have to use? Elevation? Yeah, essentially. So like I was flying at 11,500 feet on the way to Texas. And after the amount of hours we were at that altitude, by the time we got halfway through Texas, we were calling the controller saying, hey, look, we got to get lower. Like we're getting blue fingers and blue lips. We got to go a little lower. Wow. Because we were in an unpressurized, non-oxygenated plane. I wasn't required by law to carry oxygen at that altitude, but you still feel the effects. Wow. Mm. Now, the time thing is more like fatigue. Yeah. And so that you're not like, it's more geared towards the commercial pilots, essentially, because they're dealing with such large aircraft, doing such stressful jobs that they don't want them being overstressed. Yeah. Because, I mean, I spoke spoke to some pilots after I got to like Osawa. And Osawa is about a four and a half, five hour flight. And sometimes they continue going down to Uruguay and, you know, all the way down south. And, like, I don't know, is that more than eight hours or some point? Like, I couldn't tell you. I haven't done a leg like that. Um, But I can tell you that on a flight from L.A. to Hawaii, you've got six hours. Yeah. On a a good day. L.A. to Tokyo, you've got 14 hours. Have you done that? Once. As the backup crew. So you don't. So there's it's, two there's, there's a back, two crews as far as on long re, on long distance flights. Wow, I never knew this. And there's actually a crew sleeping area in the plane that most people don't ever see. Wow. On some planes it's in the tails, so sometimes you'll see the captain walk by and you're like, "What the hell? You're supposed to be up there." Do <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you leave it on pilot? <laughs> or even better, when one guy walks up and then a different guy walks back, you're like, "Who the <laughs> fuck is flying this? Is it a heist? <laughs> I've seen um, this movie before. <laughs> oh, so, they killed the pilot. No. <laughs> Um, but some of them have their crew rest area in the front, so you never okay. see the change. Wow. Um, like the 777. It's like a whole new world. The, the new 777 is going to be different, but the old 777, the 200s and 300s, their crew area is actually in the cargo area. So I don't know if anybody's ever seen a picture of a cargo pod that slides into the belly and then gets slid all the way forward or all the way mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. There's actually a cargo pod in the belly that's welded together that is a crew sleep and bathroom area Mm -hmm. so there's full beds and a shower for the crew and it's under the floor that's ridiculous yeah that is crazy so there's there's different there's there's multiple have you seen that one movie where this lady she designs a plane and then she's gonna go on the first ride with it with her daughter and then she falls asleep and when she wakes up her daughter's not there and then like she going crazy looking for her daughter right and they're mid-flight and then it's like, oh, we have no record of your daughter being on this flight. This, this, and that. I oh, forget that suspense the name. movie. Yeah, 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 I forget the name of the movie. I don't think movie. I've seen that one. Yeah, but um, but the whole point, what he's they bringing, go they go they underneath. go below. Oh, t- that's to, to your point. And the, okay. the crazy part is they find the secret compartment. Yeah, yeah. Where they the where they, where they were hiding the they're hiding the child and all that oh, stuff. Oh, okay. I forget the name of that movie, but it's a really good movie. I, I, I have to find it. Yeah, you know I mean, and the actress of it, she's a really good actress. Yeah, I can't really remember the name. 
but yeah, they really they go in, into the she she, she designed yeah. the plane. She knows the ins and outs yeah, of everything. Yeah. So of it. she knows where she can store stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and exactly where they might have uh, you know put her. And the crazy thing is that her husband died, so his body, the casket, is underneath too, oh. and all that stuff. So it's it's a great movie. You should watch, it. especially yeah, if you don't watch it. Definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean. And you're probably corrected. Like you can't do that. Oh, or this, dude. This, and that. <laughs> dude, Hollywood is fucking us up. If Hollywood would hire me, I would fix all the damn plane mistakes that they make. Okay, I gotta ask you this about this. That Denzel movie, when he does that whole belly flip and he lands it, is that possible? So, that actually happened to a real one of those. Yeah, because I heard it was Um, based on a true story or something like that. It's kind of based. It's it's very loosely based on a true story. Um, Great movie, though. So, I think it was in the 90s. um, An Alaskan Airlines flight was on its way from San Francisco to... Or Seattle to San Francisco. And the jack screw, there's a screw in the back. So, uh, as you know, there's different parts in the airplane that are jack screws and they're Mm -hmm. nuts and they're bolts. And it's basically, essentially, hydraulics turn a screw that moves the nut that's welded to the surface. And that's how you get the surface to move on certain airplanes. So that movie with Denzel, Flight, flight. um, is loosely based on what happened to an Alaskan Airlines MD-88 or MD-90. The jack screw in the tail broke which caused the airplane to lose control uh, vertically. They okay. still had horizontal control, but they lost so their vertical control. So then it would just control. dive. dive so they had, they, yeah. they, they had no control. Mm-hmm. So essentially what they did is they inverted the airplane and flew inverted for a little while until that vertical stabilizer failed, and they ended up crashing into the Pacific Ocean. Now the movie Flight kind of changes that to be over land and he's able to flip it back over and belly land it and save a lot of these people's lives in reality the second that that happens you don't have control anymore yeah the guys you can actually listen to the voice recording of the flight the alaskan airlines flight Mm -hmm. you can hear the panic because they know that they can't control it there's there's not a lot you can do in that situation um, just because you only have those vertical levels of control, yeah. when you lose, or the sorry, the horizontal, no, when you lose the vertical, it's a whole new ball game. Oh so, yeah. like, if you lose horizontal, you can still use the rudder to turn. Right. Like, you can kick the nose hard enough over with the rudder that it actually forces the wing over, wow. and mm. you can force a turn. Yeah. But when you lose vertical, there's nothing else you can do. You throw the gear out, you throw the flaps out to try and get extra lift, maybe throw it, pick yourself up. But it doesn't matter if you can't control it when you're coming into land and all of a sudden you lose all the lift and it plants on the runway oh or it plants in the ocean Can't in the worst case scenario. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering about that movie. Man. Just uh, it is loosely your... based on something that actually happened. Oh, wow. it's, it's, cool. it, it is very very close to reality. Cool. That movie, by the way, it's called Flight Plan. So it was made in 2005. It's Jody Foster okay. Peter or something like that. That's the Flight name. Flight Plan? Yeah, I'll yeah. make a note of that. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's the name of the act- of the actress. Flight, I think it's flight plan or flight plane. Flight I'll plan. Look, I'll look them both up. Yeah, and Jodie Foster is the the. Oh, well, you already actress. know it's gonna be a good movie then. <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie. Trust me. And I actually saw it. It's funny. I saw it on an airplane. Oh, <laughs> even better. Yeah, even better. it was one of those movies. Like, oh like why is this on this? But at the same time, it was fucking amazing. That's like when the movie Flight was on my flight to London. <laughs> It's like, why? <laughs> why would you want this? Yeah. Like, Everybody's panicking. You hear Don't some guy in the back. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> he wakes up and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he goes to the flight attendant. This plane doesn't fly upside down, does it? 
<laughs> exactly, man. <sighs> but I mean, talking about this, all this, something that I've been seeing this week, and I'm gonna kind of stir to another direction is the um, UFC is happening in, in, in Dubai this week. Not Dubai. I keep saying Dubai. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Fight Island Sorry. is real. Sir. Fight Island. Close enough. You know <laughs> what they call Yaz Island. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. I have okay. not been to the Middle East. Okay. So they're going there, and I think it's Fly Emirates that goes there. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much the that's only airline that flies there. In there. <laughs> right? That's the only one. So all these fighters had to fly to Vegas. Uh, he was explaining this before. Well, so the way that the UFC has prevented everybody um, and taken the precautions to know who has COVID or not is that before they're leaving their households, whatever state they live in, they're getting tested. Then once they get to Vegas, they're getting tested again. And then once they leave and they land in Abu Dhabi, they're getting tested again. So they're doing all these precaution tests in order to make sure that they're not, you know, getting it on the way there or, you know, they have it prior to that. That's how they caught Burns. Burns was tested in Gilbert Vegas. Burns, yeah. the 170 challenger for the title this weekend. Yeah, he was. A, so, when, so when Masvidal dropped off, right? Uh, with the fight against Usman. I mean, he never dropped off. Just to make that clear, the negotiations never... Well, that never happened. The, the, the fight never got crown-created to the point where it's like, that's happening, you know? But negotiations fell apart. But it was, they made apart. the posters saying this was going to happen. But the negotiations but never went through that's the That's what I'm saying. If, if To me, it kind of fell apart because they had already put the posters out there, you know? Telling us, hey, this might happen. So it's like, if you're telling me this might happen and then it doesn't happen, that's, it dropped off. Yeah. But then well, you that's have. That's don't advertise too early. Exactly. Right? <laughs> the, UFC, the UFC has that, I wouldn't say problem. I mean, injuries happen and all that stuff. So no. yeah, at the end of the day, they've put so much into promotion and then someone has to pull out of a fight. Yeah. It happens, you know, especially in that sport. And then it's like Gilbert Burns tested a positive in Vegas before yeah. he, he left to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And, the, and, and not, um, I believe some of his crew as well. Yeah, some of his coaches. Yeah, some of his corner men. Um, as well. So that's what they just kept them there in quarantine. They didn't even allow them to return back to, you yeah. know, their homes or anything there. They stayed in quarantine there, um, giving them the assistance they need. And then that's when this, this whole drama began of like, all right, who's going to fight Usman now that he's out? You know, um, I know that they were thinking of bringing Cody Covington. Kobe Covington. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, you know, for that revenge fight. But then, you know, they got Masvidal. Uh, yeah. Which is an interesting one, And it's honestly. funny, I actually was watching, uh, I think it was Ariel Hawani or something talking about this. They were talking to uh, Masvidal's manager, and he was like, you know, I had him over at my house, and we were about to just celebrate the 4th. And he he got the UFC on the phone, he's like, you know what, I have Masvidal here. Let's get this done. And they were on the phone, and they got the negotiation done, and as soon as they got the negotiation done, the next step was getting the test done and all that stuff. Yeah. And they go through three tests. Um, one to get to Vegas, they wants to two to wants to get to Abu Dhabi, and then one more after they weigh in. Weigh ins are on Friday, so they have yeah, to weigh and in. Yeah, they get to get tested again, and then get to make sure again. that they didn't get in in Abu Dhabi yeah, or anything yeah. like that. That's so, smart. so yeah, I mean, they've created two bubbles: one in the in Las Vegas in their apex, and then they've created the other one in Abu Dhabi, uh, Fight Island. And you know, they've been like I said, they go to Vegas, then they fly. From what I've seen in a fly Emirates plane to Abu Dhabi mm-hmm. in a first class by the way that's and all they have on Fly Emirates really yeah. that uh, whole plane is first I class I did not know that so oh. good to know and yeah so it's all first class and dude it's 
luxurious as heck. Like, I was... You know how much that seat costs, though? How much? Like $21,000. What? Yeah, those are the most expensive tickets in aviation. The Emirates ones. Yeah, Emirates. Wow. $2,100 for... 21, like... Did I say twenty one hundred? Yeah. I, 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 oh no, 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 no. Twenty one thousand dollars. I think you did say twenty one thousand. I think you did say twenty one thousand. Wow. And I was trying to make sure that's 21K. what you said. Twenty one k. What the? Wow. So you can only go to Abu Dhabi if you have twenty one k. I I'm sure. I, if I remember correctly, I think American has a flight into Abu Dhabi, and I think Delta does as well. That's um, crazy, bro. But but Emirates is like the airline into Abu Dhabi. So what the heck did the UFC say? All right, let's let's <laughs> He's make this. He's trying to think how much money. Let's make this the deal. UFC spent. Let's make this deal. Like you guys have nobody flying right now. We're gonna use you guys. Like what? I, I'm sure there's a deal being cut by Emirates. They're probably getting a title sponsor somewhere or something. That is incredible, um, dude. You know they probably pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for sponsorships. Yeah. So they're probably like, look, we'll give you tickets if you give us a title banner, like. Dude, I'm just that's just incredible to me. Twenty one thousand dollars, bro. Well, that's, that's like that's the price of a Toyota nowadays, bro. Yeah. Like off the lot type thing. Like that's well, I mean, crazy. And, and you know what? Airlines do that a lot with uh, sporting events, like in baseball. Um, I want to say Delta is the biggest partner for baseball. I think for, for, they, for NBA as well. Um, they basically, when a team needs to go somewhere, they give them an entire airplane, and they say, "Yep, go where you need to go." Yeah. When Boston plays LA, they fly in on a seven fifty seven into Burbank, and then they get on a bus and they go to, to Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Stadium. Mm-hmm. A seven fifty seven at Burbank, while That's, it can <laughs> handle it, it's like why the hell is Delta bringing that big thing in here? Yeah, and then they park on the private side. <laughs> That so it's plane really is, weird. That plane is too big for that airport. Dude, you should see it stop though. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. But that's the way that's the way airlines kind of work with the sporting gr- uh, groups. Wow. They're like, "Look, will you give us these big name sponsorships? Take what you need." Yeah, Delta's like the sponsor for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they get that big title, you know, the title banner on all the commercials and in the stadium, and then they get a plane in return. With a crew and, and fuel and everything. Yeah, well, it's an investment for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they do. And I'm sure UFC has something in it with Emirates. Wouldn't doubt it. Um, that's crazy. That, that's got to be something that they're doing. Yeah, because they, there's videos of like the fighters on there, and they're even saying this is the fanciest flight I've been on, and I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, dude, they have like fold out the the seats are like couches that fold yeah. out into a double bed. <laughs> you know, I mean, funny? they have showers in each of the pods. Oh my gosh. Like. You know what's funny? Uh, Masvidal took a f- uh, f- private flight from Miami to Vegas, and I don't think he got on that fly Emirates flight. He took another private flight to Rome, stopped in Rome, got pizza, then went to Abu Dhabi. Pizza. <laughs> yes, he's like, I was craving pizza. I stopped in Rome, and he's outside the Rome, and I'm like, Rome got hit hard with this COVID stuff. That's oh, yeah. freaking crazy, bro. Like private, private jets, jets, dude. <laughs> private jets don't have a limit. Let's just put it that way. Like well, that's a, what a lot of a lot of uh, CEOs high, like a and a lot of um, started doing was when this whole COVID thing started happening. Everybody started flying private, um, but that didn't last long. That only lasted, does, I does think, the, like a month or a month and a half. Does the CEO is he flying private right now? He he was in the beginning. Right now, he's back to flying commercial. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I just want to know. Yeah, but, private, um, private just has that extra guarantee of cleanly. Number one, cleanliness. Because you don't have to deal with six, 60, 70, 80 people. You got 18 people max on a G5, 22 if you configure it right. Um, 
it's it's just that extra level of like okay the maximum amount of people i'm dealing with here because people are being smart is like six Mm -hmm. so and then the flight attendants they don't have to clean because they have cleaning crews that come out and sanitize the crap out of the airplane and it's fast right and it's fast it flies higher it flies better it's it's private have you you ever flown anything like that uh i got on a empty leg g5 from van nuys to hawaii and how was that the best experience I've ever had. <laughs> I don't sleep on planes. I slept on that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Wow. It was um, oh, the, 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 the uh, tequila company. Casamigos. Cas- Casamigos, eh? Casamigos plane. They had Sick. an empty leg going to Hawaii, and I was like, I'm going. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, go. Go. <laughs> I'll go. That's hilarious. I don't even care if any other, anybody else goes with me. I was alone. To- Damn. Like, the flight attendant. No, I mean, I got on a, I got on a plane right back. I didn't even yeah. stay. I just wanted to go. <laughs> oh, you just wanted the experience. Yeah, I just wanted to be like, I flew on a G5. <laughs> I came right like, back. Um, I got no business. No, it was me, the flight attendant, and the pilots. Bro. That's it. Wow. With TVs that pop out of the damn side trays. Like, man. Gulfstream is the name of luxury. Hell Those yeah. are all Panasonic, most Hell of yeah. them. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. So that's how Masvidal got to Abu Dhabi. And yeah, so these fights are gonna be next level. Alex, I know you're not a, you're not a UFC guy, but Listen, you need to watch these fights. Isn't Masvidal the guy that did a flying knee to someone's head? Ben Askren yes. in five yeah. seconds. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, that was nuts. That was freaking yeah. crazy, yeah. bro. Like, I, even I, who has no idea anything about UFC other than like people punch each other, I was like. Holy shit! <laughs> yes, bro. That's his, that was his opening, dude. I've seen flying knees, but I've never seen off the an bat, intro? like, <laughs> and it land. Yeah, because there's this guy. Yeah. I forget. He's a heavyweight, and he he's he's a former title title holder. Every time he starts a fight, he does this. He starts either with a flying knee or with a flying click to the yeah. face. Oh, I, I've seen him. I forget his name. I, it's oh, he's the he's like the big dude. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a big, heavyweight. He's oh, yeah. heavyweight. Oh, I he did, actually yeah. fought not too long ago. Um, but yeah, he fought. He so I I think he's landed before, but not knocked anybody out. Not like that. That was insane. But yeah, Masvidal and, and the dude went down like he was gonna block, and then Masvidal yeah. comes up I mean, with the knee. It's like introducing just to, himself. Just to point the just to paint the picture for you, um, Ben Askren, which is the guy who received the knee to the face, and two two shots to the face afterwards because he still yeah, hit him in the yeah. face afterwards. The two hammer fists, right? yeah, and it was two haymakers, bro. Mm. We'll we'll watch it right now because it's five seconds long. Point is that um he. They were talking about it before. Ben Askren is a, is a wrestler, so he's looking for the takedown. That's why you see him kind of go down because yeah. he's going for the takedown to grab the legs and hold them down. And Masvidal is just a street brawler, dude. Um, you ever heard of Kimbo Slice? Yeah, so, everyone knows Kimbo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Kimbo Slice. <laughs> he knocked out one of his prodigies. Oh no! Way. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Masvidal, Masvidal, Masvidal came from there. Kimbo slices. Oh, okay. Yes, Masvidal yeah, comes from those mean streets of Miami, bro. Yeah. So, so like, he, he's he, he's always been a troublemaker. Yeah, and he's he just, and he's talked about like I I, I know that Ben Askren's gonna go for the takedown. So he practiced this. There's videos of him practicing that exact flying knee before that fight. He knew it was gonna happen, bro. And the fact that he got it like that. It's dude, that dude literally introduced his face to his knee, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and like he said, I'm gonna baptize this guy. Like, dude, no freaking joke, dude. Like, I, we just gotta see this real quick because it was like so, so, so. He took him down instantly. That thing was just crazy, dude. Like, and, like, and like I guess no holds bar just no, went right and I, out. And him. honestly, I didn't see this like live, live because I, I like looked away for a second not knowing this was going to happen 
Uh, who could expect that? You to know happen? what I mean? Like, Five nobody seconds. expects that, right? The after look, there's so, look, like even in an airplane, you train for things, but it doesn't mean you're gonna do it. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's like it's, Michael Jackson never practiced. Like Michael Jackson practiced his moonwalk, but half the time didn't use it. Yeah, like you don't you don't sit there like, oh, this dude practiced it, so he's gonna go with a flying knee oh. right off the bat. Yeah, no, definitely not. So you can see his face. He's like, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, like he's, he's already like, prepared for it. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh yeah, haymakers. Not even hammer. Yeah, there was. Those are haymakers, bro. Straight. Like, man, he went for a kill, not for a knockout. Yeah. Like, out, dude. The guy was literally out like stiff. When you see that leg that's just stiff like that, you know, you know that he's yeah. just yeah. out. And then he wakes up and he's still like, what just happened, bro? Yeah. Like, and then after that, Ben Askren has one more fight in the UFC and then retires. Really? Just wasn't the same anymore. And he was a champion in other organizations, you know? Like, undefeated, I think, at some point. Really? He was undefeated, yeah. Ben Askren was undefeated, if Dude, I'm not mistaken. That was a hell of a knee, though. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know what I mean? This see, next this fight... This is a thing that... <laughs> you saw that? He, 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 he does, like, he <laughs> yeah, ragdolls himself. He mimics it. Yeah. This is the thing that I, I don't... Like, I want, I'm going for Masvidal in this fight. Me too, man. But Hardcore. Usman is the champion. The thing is, too, that Masvidal still needs to do the, the weight cut. Yeah, he's, but they, he's they're not, gonna, he's not going to have trouble with that. The UFC you know, guys have every tactic in the book for And him. on yeah, top yeah. of that, I like, because you and were... At the same time, he hasn't had the same amount of training. No, wait. Because he, he wasn't for sure yet. Look, bro, right now in this in this in these quarantine times, people are training no matter what because they're just staying ready. Well, his case, coach lives with him. They're by staying the way. ready because of anything. Anybody pulls out of a fight and you're ready to go. Like you get they the know, I said this is not a job. This is an opportunity. Yeah. So that first of all, so they he was staying ready. So even even uh, Kamar Usman said this earlier on an interview with um someone some MMA uh, podcast or something like that. He said if you think that he hasn't been training for this fight, you're 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 wrong. And it's true. He's been training for this fight. At the end of the day, what was holding it up was negotiations, and, and negotiations are always going to get cleared up somehow. Especially when you're Masvidal and you did that. You you need someone yeah, in five if, seconds. If if I had that happen to me, I would retire too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. Ben Askren tweets out. He's like, "Man, okay, Jorge Masvidal's fighting now. Now I gotta see that video for the rest of the week. He has to see yeah. himself get kneed in the face yeah. like that. Because everybody's playing that clip. That's yeah. a hell of a that's knee. What, that's what they're thinking. He's gonna do to Usman. Yeah. I mean, I'm rooting for him. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I'm just looking at the factors of saying like, how much has he trained for it? You know, um, I mean, he's still gonna make the weight cut. Lifestyle, though, and this guy is bread and butter when it comes to fighting. It's in his DNA. This guy has more knockouts than Usman has wins. Put it that way. He has way more experience than Usman. It's it's a lifestyle when you get to that level. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've seen this fight, the one where he fights Nate Diaz. But even that 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 for the BMF title, yeah, that fight. If you see him, dude, Masvidal doesn't like. He, you don't see rage in his face. The entire time, he's he smiling, looks like a bro. psycho. Yeah, because he's smiling. he smiles. He's having fun in he's there. He's smiling. And he's going like, come on. But he's smiling on. because he's fighting with someone that's going to brawl him. Not someone that's going to like, like Kamar Usman. Yeah, just try yeah. to wrestle him. Like Kamar Usman, his last fight, he fought against Kobe Covington. And just to give you some perspective, Kobe Covington's a huge Trump supporter. Big mouth. People do not like this guy. I'm be surprised if someone some people did, but just they don't like this guy because of his big ass mouth. So then Kamar Usman fights him, and he he honestly beat him up. He you know he broke his jaw at some point, like he had his mouth open when he gets hit, so oh, it broke his jaw and stuff like that. But you're gonna stand and trade with Masvidal, who has hands like this guy. This guy knocked out some some guy named Darren Till, who's a, a fighter from Liverpool, 
And he, 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 the only loss that he had got was to the champion at that yeah. time at 170. Well, it's because so, Masvidal has fought in other divisions besides the UFC before getting to the UFC. In other organizations, yeah. Yeah. And then with Kimbo Slice and Backyard Brawls, bro. Like, yeah. this, like I said, he's yeah, just well, made... You get Kimbo Slice involved in anything and you know there's Backyard Brawlers. It's mm-hmm. like, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's what he... That's, that's, I remember when we were little, everybody was like, do the Kimbo Slice. Like, um, that's, that's the thing. UFC Fight Pass is actually going to come out with a special about Kimbo Slice. Didn't he join UFC at one point? Not UFC, like the, the, but some the, kind of organization. Yeah, MMA and he was on the TV show. And he was, it was, he was ass. And yeah. it was funny because in that, I saw that uh, preview or that trailer to that um, uh, th- that that tribute or that documentary gonna put on him. And then he, they said that he met Mike Tyson one day in Vegas. And Mike Tyson came up to me. He's like, "Dude, I'm a big fan of your stuff. I really like it. One piece of advice: don't ever go pro." Oh. And he went pro, and 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 like. That was the downfall of his career in my opinion. Because there's such a, I feel like there's such a difference between somebody who does something for a living and somebody who does something just to do it. Yeah. Yes. Like when you're fighting just to fight, it's, it's survival. survival. Yeah. It's exactly. not money. Like yeah. you watch McGregor versus Mayweather. Yeah, that's money. That's it's money. money. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have been at each other's throats. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mayweather wouldn't have been tactics. backing away the whole yeah. damn fight. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny about that fight though? For the first like four or five rounds, Mayweather was doing his usual backing up, and Connor was putting in work. And then Mayweather was like, "I'm gonna lose this fight if I keep doing this." So he did the championship thing, and he switched the styles and went Mexican, put up his two fists, and move forward. And Connor was like, "What is this guy doing?" Oh. And you know, yeah, it threw Connor yeah. off because yeah. Connor expected him yeah. to do what Mayweather usually was, does. And he was he was beating him at his game. But when once Mayweather switched that up, it's like, but yeah, at first. Yeah. At a glance, it's a money grab. Don't no no doubt. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Versus when you're fighting to survive. Yeah. Where you're not professionally trained, it's survival, and there's yeah. no yeah. rules. Yeah. Definitely. You know, when you have to follow rules, you can't do half those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that you also watch the fight that was I think was it last week or two weeks ago? Where was it Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker? Oh, uh, well, that these was a guys good one. Fought. That was brutal. Dude, that was just a brawl. Brawl. Oh, bra, so bra. They're talking bro. about fight of the year, bro. That's like, so good. Like these guys. Even the one before the- that is good too with Perry. In Gaul, in Gaul, yeah, that's another. This is one line. thing I like about the UFC, dude. They don't, they're not gonna BS you in the sense of boxing. Boxing, we got a lot of BS when we watched Mayweather. We saw him run away, and that yeah, was just, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, Mayweather yeah, versus McGregor. That. And and don't get me wrong, Mayweather's that's a stylistic way of fighting. He's boxing, he's yeah. hitting and not yeah. getting hit. But in the UFC, man, like you're just watching violence, man. And, I, and like, I know for a lot of people that's like, why would you want to watch that? It's like, but at the same time, I appreciate the, the, the training and all that stuff that it's these guys art. go through. That's why. Yes. Uh, like I watched that Rousey fight when she got, took her first L. Oh, against um, Holly Holm. Yeah. She got it was in like, face. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Like watching someone who's that touted as being mm-hmm. just amazing. And then all, get her teeth kicked in. Yeah. yeah. You're like, even they you know it's funny like, and she predicted how she was gonna get knocked yeah, out yeah, yeah, she yeah. was on like in Jimmy interview, Kimmel with Jimmy like Kimmel a, she's yeah. like oh she thinks she's gonna kick me in the face and knock me out and exactly That's what happened literally what she did <laughs> yeah so yeah. you know the UFC you you can be the champion and that doesn't mean nothing you can be the underdog as a champion and I, I don't know for me I love that as the, from the UFC's perspective I've never been to UFC fight but I've been to the other organization that's popular here in the United States called Bellator and dude that that was electric. It was dope to be that at, at an event like that, and like, I'll tell you more about it off, off the air. But dude, it was it was a 
great I'm experience. Sure. You know, uh, what I mean? fighting is always something that gets the blood pumping. I mean, yeah, it's, that, it's that nature of it of like fight for survival. Yeah, like. It's always cool. It's always a great watch. Definitely. So that's Except on, for like a fight where everybody's running in circles. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> boring. But um, this weekend, man, you're going to get uh, Paige Van Zandt, which is one of the more good-looking female fighters in the uh. UFC. <laughs> not to say that there's not... There's a lot of good-looking female fighters, but she's like a hot female fighter. You know what I mean? Just to put it out there. She's fighting in the... I think it's the 125 She's no position. Ronda Rousey is what you're saying. No, this girl is good looking. <laughs> she's 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 admitted herself that she's made more money outside of the UFC. Most than of them the make UFC money season. as a model. Yeah, as modeling. Really? Yeah. She was in Dancing with the Stars. Um, oh. And this is her last fight on the UFC con- on her I UFC think contract. I know who that is then? Yeah, yeah, Paige Van Zandt. And she's actually talking about um, she, either she gets a good new contract with the UFC or she goes to another organization like Bellator, which her husband fights at. Um, so that's going to be an interesting fight because the last time she fought, which which was was against another really hot MMA fighter named Rachel Ostevich, and she's Hawaiian. Dude, that fight, when they fought, I was like, I don't even know how to go for it because they're just so beautiful and, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but they're still, they're so skilled, too. They were, they're two really skilled fighters, you know, too. So yeah. that that fight's going down. Um, then Rose Namajunas, which she was a former 115-pound champion. She's fighting the person who beat her, Jessica Andrade, and that fight was violent, bro. This girl, Jessica Andrade, picked up uh, Rose Namajunas and slammed her on her neck, and it was just I, it was I was done after that. And you to hear two girls fighting like this, I I also appreciate female fighters to another level, dude. Because female fighters are these girls can whip our asses, bro. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean. So when I hear that, it's it, it's it's amazing. Like female fights, uh, um, Ronda Rousey, she's a pioneer. She is a person who got female oh, fighters no to where they are no now. Doubt. You know what I mean? And I, like, like when she lost, there was no respect lost. No. Like, there, there's no respect for what she did lost. It was more like you literally said she wasn't going to do the one thing you weren't ready for. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, it, there was no respect lost in the sense that like, and oh, you're not a good time, fighter, you I, didn't do anything. No, it was I, more like, you did so much, mm-hmm. you got cocky. Yeah. No, like, dude, that's her, what I told everybody bro, was her, that uh, before every, like all the fights prior to that one, she was never cocky in any of them. She was super cocky. dude. And it, but I, in I, that I, one specifically, her, she got really cocky. Dude, her, 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 um, manager was saying that she can beat men at fighting that she can go and beat Mayweather she 100% could she's she's no doubt a very strong now in 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 Mayweather's ring that's a different story yeah like that yeah but if he comes into into MMA Mayweather's getting killed yeah but like if he goes into boxing like come on McGregor yeah when you step into another ring it's a different world but he was also the coach was also saying at some point that she she would just beat a man even in MMA and I'm like dude I don't know about that that's difficult so I feel like all those things got to her head and then she fights someone against Holly Holm and like Dude, like, and I, I feel like that was also the time of McGregor's rise when McGregor was just talking smack to any fighter he he faced, which he still does. Yeah, he's retired again. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> that's that's helped him out. But this last fight against Cowboy, he was like, let me just shut up and let me focus on me. And this is, I think, a, a tribute to him being around Tony Robbins a lot more because Tony Robbins kind of like is that mental coach. So I think that might have like put something in his mentality not to be I don't know man I like that cocky McGregor me too I like that dude that would come in with the Irish flag and like I want to say I want to say thank you to absolutely absolutely nobody nobody. (laughs) the champ does what the fuck he wants yes yeah that fight that 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 fight was was a showman yeah Yeah. Yeah. but that's what sells tickets yeah Yeah. and that's what you want yeah 
Yeah, so, no. I mean, uh, we hope that at some point at the end of the year we get to see him fight again. I mean, I know he said he's retired. For the third time. That's just a play, though, dude. That's just a... <laughs> it's all about the money. It's negotiations, dude. Dude, the dude didn't make enough money with Mayweather. Like, he has, he, he, I'm sorry. Look, man, they he has, flew into Vegas on the same jet. <laughs> like, that's... There's that, that's, pictures that's, of them getting off of Mayweather's jet together. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's literally definition money grab. Yeah, like... <laughs> but, um, all I'm going to say about that is, um, you know, I think, sorry, I think Connor just needs, uh, he needs that right fight. I think that right fight is Khabib. He needs to get the rematch. I guess the rematch. I think so. Cause that was, that was a, that was a different fight from McGregor. That was yeah. not the McGregor everyone was waiting for. Yeah. And it was like, there was something about him that he wanted the, like he was trying to kill, but he wasn't ready to fight. Yeah. No. Like, and but it, he, and he, he also talked looked, about that. He also looked like a lot of, like very tired because of very, you know, Kabi did, did put a lot of work in. Yeah. But he didn't look as focused as no. he usually does. No, he didn't look focused and, at all. And I've seen, I've seen a comparison of his body to other fights. He wasn't physically there either. No, because he, he thought he was just going to go in and, and just deal and with somebody who wasn't going to do anything. And yeah. And, and he wasn't prepared. He just, yeah. he was like, well, I beat all these other people. I can beat this guy. What's the big deal? He yeah. ain't that tough. And, and he learned his lesson. Yeah. He got beat. Yeah. And, and, and like he I said, he didn't get beat in a pretty way either. And those are the things, like I said, I like about the UFC in the sense that like the fighters aren't afraid to fight and aren't afraid to put things in the line and they're gonna be on there has been some fighters but once the money gets sorted out like the fight happens you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. that's something that like i just love about the ufc well and that was like the deal with mayweather and mcgregor like mcgregor making the suit with dollar signs on it and yeah. like it, he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't gonna get a huge payday you know what's funny it didn't it weren't dollar signs it was pinstripes of it saying fuck you oh is that what it was yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've heard so many different things yeah. I didn't realize is it, that what it was yeah. that's funny yeah. he wore that one when he was here in see, LA the, for the press the, conference that's the McGregor that everyone uh, yes. wants to see <laughs> yes nobody wants to see that like He's calm like, relaxed like I'm just gonna beat this guy whatever guy like, we want to see the showman who's going to throw chairs across the table and break a window. <laughs> throw dollies into like, buses. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> okay, maybe not that far. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. That was, as much as the UFC will deny it, they that was used, they use it now for promotions for that stuff. So, it's like, that was totally it's planned. Sold. That was a little point. bit of WWE moment yes, there, though. Yes, That was <laughs> McGregor sold, knowing man. how to sell it. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, these fights are gonna be legit. All right, but think about this: co-main event. I mean, we still have to go through the Jose Aldo fight, which he's a pioneer in this sport too. He needs to fight Peter Yan, which is a bad Russian. It's gonna be a great fight. Then we got um, Alexander Volkanovsky fighting against Max Holloway, which Max Holloway is a former champion trying to get his title back. And I'm hoping that Max Holloway that's three title fights for the main card. Yeah, damn. Yeah. So tune in. Tune you in. have to watch that, man. I what do you in. think about a, a Fury rematch? Fury and Wilder. Uh, what do you think? I, it's, it's booked already. They're they're gonna is fight. It, is it yeah. finally they're booked? Fight oh, last mm-hmm. I heard, they were saying that was it what uh, Fury had weighted his gloves or something, Ye- and then they had video showing that he literally did nothing of the sort wow, with I, the other team watching him get yeah. his hands. Yeah, taped yeah, up. I did see that actually. They're like, oh, he, I don't he, know. he taped his hands. He weighted his like. Yeah. No, he just punches like a and freaking then, car is hitting then, him in the face. Nah, he just outboxed Wilder. Yeah. By, mm-hmm. Wilder, see, Wilder's one of those fighters that again he's gone into people gone into fights and just dusted people and fury is just a boxer he's gonna box you he's not gonna go in there and just try to knock your head out he's gonna he's gonna 
footwork, move around, no. and do what he has to do. Yeah. That and fight I watched. Yeah, that, that fight was, was good. Fight. Don't get me wrong. That that boxing fight was good. That was a good fight. And they've they've been rebooked. Like, they're gonna fight again later this year. I think in December in Allegiant oh, okay. Stadium in Vegas in okay. the new Raider Stadium. Uh, yeah. You know, all I gotta do is put a hotel behind it. It'll look like a giant toilet bowl. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Because it has an opening and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All you gotta do is put a Marriott behind it. Oh yeah, my God, Marriott! <laughs> Here's the other thing, though, that I want to say, though, the factor of the difference of time and how that might affect their fight. Dude, they're because fighting at they're, midnight or something. They're some fighting shit. at three a.m. Three a.m. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they gotta adjust their sleep schedules. Yes. Because yeah. their body might be at that moment. It's sleepy time. Yeah. Like, you gotta go to sleep. Yeah. But you're, you're gonna like, be no, spending no, two fight. weeks. You're gonna be yeah. spending two weeks getting your body adjusted. Just getting it ready for that. Yeah, that's crazy. I but it's this that. weekend already. So yeah, it's Saturday. Uh, hopefully they've been working <laughs> on it. Yeah. I, um. I I follow this YouTube page where like uh, what I like about that YouTube page is that they bring everything from the MMA world and they bring it into one video. So a different oh, okay. podcast and different all that stuff. So Alexander Rukunasi, which is the 145 champion, he was talking about yeah we're waking up about one in the morning now and we're going to sleep back out around seven in the night. It's like it's, hey, look, you you crazy, gotta dude. you gotta shift your sleep schedule yeah. or something yeah. like that. Hell like yes. you can't be up at you know eight in the morning and asleep at six p.m. Yeah. You're never yeah. gonna make it. You no. gotta like I've had flights where you get up one day, you got a flight. It's like an eight a.m. flight. You're like cool, normal schedule, and then the next day you got like a six p.m. flight. You're like God. Damn it! Yeah. And then the next day you got a one a.m. flight, and then the following day you got like a three a.m. flight, and you're like. Can I have my sleep schedule back? Yeah, like, dude. I just want to sleep. I can only imagine that, dude. So it's, you know, I can I can understand, you know, I relate to that needing to shift your, your sleep schedule. I can understand that completely. And if they don't do it right, we're going to watch a one-sided fight. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. 100%. That's going to be a big, huge factor. Yeah. You know? So yeah. It's, I mean, you're going to see muscles hanging down like this, getting ready to yeah, fight. And it's <laughs> that plus weight cuts. Because weight cuts. And, and then I heard in Abu Dhabi, it's midnight and it's still it's 108 hot. degrees, guys. Dude, it's, it's a desert. Outside. It's a desert. It's outside, too. So. Yeah, it's a desert. I mean. Man. And then you have to go. Th- and what sucks is that, okay, the first couple days you land there, the first 24 to 48 hours, depending on your test results or waiting on your test results, you have to be quarantined. You can't leave your room. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, like man. this is gonna be a very interesting fight this week. So, oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. I look forward to catching some of it, if any of it. But yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and catch it because I, I miss a lot of fights, and I really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, but this one's a must watch, man. Yeah. This well, one's a must back watch. Back when I was working at the race shop, we used to we'd ca- we'd have we'd throw parties to watch fights. Yeah, like we'd we'd bring people over, we'd make food, we'd have wings, everything, and we'd we'd shut the shop down for the day. It's fight time. Let's go. Like. Quickly, since we're on that topic, tell me tell me about your build. Uh, so my build is uh, the, the, which one do you want? The one that I helped build, or the one that I've been building in my backyard? Uh, okay, <laughs> the complete one. The one so complete. the complete one is um, it's a '98 Mustang or 90, 90, 98 Mustang SN ninety five. It's painted in BMW Laguna Seca blue. Yes, I've seen Ooh, that. Dude, I love it's that. a oh, drag yes. car. It's a full blown drag car. Yeah. Um, it's owned by Brandon and Tiana Weber out of Accelerated Racing Solutions. They used to be based here in Ontario, and that's mm-hmm. where I met them, and I started helping out with them. And now they're in Texas, so they're out in the real world of racing now. Cool. Yeah, Texas. <laughs> um, the car is a... Basically, it's a full street car with a, a roll cage in it. So it's steel quarters, steel roof. Steel, it's got a freaking sunroof in it. Like, mm. it is a street car. You could drive it to the market. It's got headlights, taillights, everything. Cool. 
Um, the only difference is that there's a massive amount of roll cage in there. It's called a 25.5 cert cage. It certifies the car to go a certain speed and a certain ET. Sick. It means that it can go in the 200-mile-an-hour range um, wow. and the six-second range. Wow. It's got a LS engine in it, which is your Camaro engine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was about to ask you. This yeah. one is billet. Or it's, I don't think this one's actually billet, but this one is bored out to a higher uh, in cubic inch. Mm. So it's running a 427 cubic inch motor. Um, it's got twin precision 73 millimeter turbos on it, which we pushed 40 pounds of boost through. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and we set the small tire record at Irwindale. We went 485 at 161. Wow. Makes about 1,800 horsepower. It can make in the 2,000 horsepower range. horsepower. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it takes parachutes in, in to the stop great that words car. of Ja Rule. He got enough nose in there to blow himself up, period. <laughs> From Fast and the Furious? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so so that was um that car was kind of in the works before I really even got to the shop. Mm. I was there when the motor or engine, depending on who you are, arrived and we started getting everything ready and getting it to the other shops. Get it into the fabricator. Get it to the chassis guy. Get it to this guy. I was there to help do all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And then I was the pit crew. I was the pit crew chief for that car. Cool, cool. So I was in charge of making sure that the tires were set, making sure that it had fuel, ice, because we run an air-to-water intercooler, and we'd put ice water in it. And by the end of an eighth-mile pass, we had warm water. That's how much heat goes through those engines. Um we, I was in charge of packing the parachutes. I was in charge of keeping the tires, uh, putting the tires on the wheels, getting the bead lock off and pulling the, the tire off of the rim, putting the rim on the new tire, getting that all set up. Um, so that was my job on that car. Did you ever drive it? I pulled it in and out of the trailer. <laughs> uh, dude, I, you have to have a license at all that right. point to drive a car that kind of fast, um, which is, it requires license passes. So you have to do certain passes. Um, I do don't think I want to drive. Yeah, I mean, you do like a 60-foot, a half-track, and, and then a full-track pass. Dude, that's like Gran Turismo. Have you ever played that game? Yeah. Gran Turismo makes you go through all that yeah. stuff. I love that game for that reason. Yeah, so I never... I don't think I ever... I'd love to drive it on a track one day, but like a mile track so I can stop because I'm going to be like... Yeah. <sighs> like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It takes parachutes to stop. Um. Now he runs it with just a, a foot brake, oh, but he's got a trans brake. It's got a pro. It's got like a, a pro mod transmission, and it has got a big old wing on the back. He's trying to make it more street car, so it's not, it doesn't have the giant wing and things. He wants it to look stock. Mm. Um, Sleeper. It's there's that's like, what I've always loved. Man. There's like magic in the suspension. But the thing, um, when it launches, the car actually separates from the rear end. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. So. Um, does, is it a, is it a, what kind of transmission stick shift? Or is it a, so it's, it's an automatic, but it's a two speed automatic and it's a manual shift. Mm. So basically you drop it down all the way into first, you put it on the trans bake, trans bake, trans brake, you let go of the button and at a certain RPM, you tap it into the next gear. So it's a manual, but it's an automatic because there's no clutch. Mm. Um, it's considered a two speed automatic. That's crazy. But yeah, it's it's nuts. Like we launched it. I think we'd launch it like eight pounds of boost off the line, and put forty pounds of boost in it by the end of the track. That's so bad. we had like we had um, CO two controlled wastegates, so we could control the amount of boost. Wow. Um, and it's all computer tuned. My the driver was the tuner, so he'd just sit there and he'd like, okay, this one's gonna be a crazy pass, and he'd throw like <laughs> all the horsepower at it. I'm like, I don't think you should do that. And he'd throw all the horsepower at it, and it'd blow the tire off of the line. And I was like, 
nice doing burnouts with you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, now you got to get the jack lift yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, not even like that car. Asshole. That car probably had <laughs> three hundred or four hundred passes before we had to change anything. Oh wow! It, it was that bulletproof. Damn. Like it was just that reliable of a car. We had we had sent it to a chassis shop that did a bunch of suspension work on it. Um, and they changed the entire geometry under the car. They changed the way that the drive shaft basically forced the rear end down instead of making the car. Usually when you see a car launch, they squat. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wheelie, that's cool. But wheelies are slow. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is actually force the rear end into the ground, get the car sitting on its nose yeah. and drive it down the track. Mm-hmm. So we sent it to this chassis guy who did all this work and he switched the geometry of the rear end. And we went from running, like, high eights in the quarter mile to, like, low sevens in one pass. Wow. We lost, like, a whole second in one pass. We were all staggered. Like, yeah, yeah. there's no making sense of losing that much time that it's fast. Physics, yeah, it's, it's just, it's nuts. It's like, you can, you can picture how fast you're going in an airplane, but to go from zero to 198 to zero... <laughs> It's mind-boggling. Yeah, I would imagine. Like, and, it, and it's the G4s. Like, that car does wheelies. Like, I have pictures of that thing standing on the freaking bumper. Yeah, I'm telling you, your Instagram is but, a good Yeah, follow, I mean, bro. my Instagram tells all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that thing is stood on the bumper, but that thing's also gone wicked fast. I mean, we yeah. set the small tire record at Irwindale that stood for, like, almost a year, I think, before it was broken again by a guy with a much more expensive car than us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, man, cars are a rabbit hole, just yeah. like studio gears and everything. I got a rabbit hole in my backyard. Uh, yeah. What is that again? That's a Dodge 1969 Dart? Dodge Dart, mm. and it is a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah, dude. <laughs> man, yeah, cars can be very, very, uh, very. Cars big are addicting. Hole. Yeah. In the sense that they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's that adrenaline rush when you drive it. Yeah, and it's that feeling of like, especially when you build something, mm-hmm. like having a car from a dealership that runs well and does like and it's you know, chip, so it yeah, top side at one oh five. Yeah, whatever you know, whatever it is, like whatever you do to your car to make it more fun is you know, but like a dealer car is cool. You know, getting that new Infinity, getting that new Dodge, whatever, mm-hmm. that's great. It feels awesome. Yeah. But there's there's a certain feeling of building it and driving it. Mm-hmm. The satisfaction that you know that you designed it how you wanted yeah, it. Yeah, that satisfaction of this is my car. Yeah, it's your this build. This isn't just a copy. There mm-hmm. isn't another version somewhere. This yeah, is my car. Definitely. There's a there's a like a feeling of pride when you go out to drive that car on the street for the first time. Especially because you've adjusted to the way yeah. that you want to drive. Yeah. So like my dart. Everyone, like the Mopar guys are going to probably want to kill me. I'm putting a Chevy engine in it. Mm-hmm. It's getting a Chevy transmission. It's got a Ford rear end. It's going to have Ford brakes. It's going to have modern radio in it. Wow. Electronic dash. Computer controlled. Sick, sick. So it's all going to be modern. It's going to be for me. Yeah. And all the, mo- so the you, old so you're school doing more nut like, jobs. You're doing like a resto mod. It's 100% a resto mod. Mm. 100%. It'll have, like, nice modern-style interior, but with original seats. Um, it's all black interior, black leather bucket seats in front, black leather bench in the back. All the things that I want in the car. Mm-hmm. So, like, somebody's going to look at it and be like, that's not what the Fender Tag said it was. Mm-hmm. With and I'm going to be like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. You can't have it. Yeah. Like, this is built for me. And yeah. that's where, like, I only paid 300 bucks for the car. 
straight up. Yeah. It's a it's a tin can rolling mm. on wheels. That's what it is. And, and I knew that's what I was getting into. Yeah. But other people were like, why don't you buy a running car? I was like, they $300, $12,000, $300 sounds a lot better. Yeah. And the other thing is, you don't know what the person's done to the running, driving car. Yeah. yeah. They've made changes for them. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to have to go in and undo those changes that they made for them Dude, and make the changes for me. I saw this female that she sold a car or she would just, or not sold a car, but she went to go do her first oil change after like 50,000 miles. Yeah, see, if someone did that in my family, I would punch them in the jugular. Straight yeah. up. Like, but I'm just trying to say, uh, you don't know car. what they've done to that, is that car. Is that the one that she she had a Camaro? I don't know, but she had The one like, that she was like, oh, they told me I could run the car for a whole year. Yeah. Is it that one? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but they tell you that nowadays that, oh, this oil lasts 100,000 miles. I'm yeah. like, what the yeah. Man. So I, one time I saw this person they asked this guy like a car enthusiast like he has all these nice cars like how often do you change your oil he's like how much do you love your car and I'm like Shit, that's real as fuck dude <laughs> and like now I change every 3,000 miles like look you, you know what uh, when it comes to, to, to engines there's different care routines with the Mustang we would change the oil basically after every outing like, we'd go out, we'd race the car, we'd make six, seven passes, and then the day before the next race, we would change the oil. Yeah. And it's right. maybe, maybe six miles on the motor. But it's a lot of power going through the motor. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of, you're going through a lot of RPM real fast. Yeah, yeah. Now, on something like my Dart, I'll probably change the oil every 4,000 miles. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think I'm going to drag race that. I might take it out to see what it can do. Yeah. But, like, the purpose of that car is go to the market... Look cool going to the market and enjoy the car. <laughs> and then Pacific Coast Highway. But then, highways. like, when someone gets next to me on the freeway in a BMW uh, and revs at me, yeah, no absolutely chance. smoke him down the freeway. Hell yeah. And then pull in the driveway like nothing happened. Yeah. Go cruise PCH yeah. in a classic car and yeah. pull in the driveway like it's nothing. That's Definitely. the idea behind that car, you know? I but you. I also want it to handle. So, like, I'm doing suspension work. I'm doing, you know, brake work. I'm, I've got big wheels for it. So, mm. it's like... It's There's, like you want to do the Tokyo drifting when the guy takes the the, the Shelby motor, the, the Mustang one, and then he puts the uh, he puts it in a drift Mustang. <laughs> then, yeah, that's a, I, I like that concept though. How you get like an American muscle car, but you make it into like a drift car. There's, there's actually surprisingly, there's a lot of cars where you see like what would have been uh, a Mustang with a two JZ Toyota engine in it. Yeah, like super super. You can't nobody can lie and say that the two JZ is not a bulletproof engine. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a there's a reason engine. it still makes 1200 horsepower today. Yeah. Like yeah. it is bulletproof. Yeah. And that's what Maury hated about the new Supra that it oh, had a BMW engine. Yeah, the whole thing's a BMW. You might as well take the Toyota badge <laughs> off and slap a BMW badge on. Facts, bro. It looks oh like a gosh. Z4. Yes. Like <laughs> I don't know why. I get why they did it because they don't have the funding to really design the Supra the way that it should have been done. But like Nissan's coming out with a new 350Z. Like I, I hear that that pisses me off when I hear there's no funding when Toyota's like one of the most sold cars in like the United States. Yeah, like, because how? every rental car agency buys them. Yeah, like, but the thing is, to, Toyota. So is every Hispanic. <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you say that one. Hey, bro, I got like four Toyotas in the driveway right now, and then another one outside that yeah. says like, "Trust me, dude." To, Toyota, Toyota it hasn't made a sports car in a while, though. Yeah, yeah like and, a legit sports. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, when you get into that era of, uh, or that, 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 
economy car era? It's not even an era. When you get when you shift away from making a car that performs, it becomes a different industry. Yeah. yeah. Like you go from performance like Chevy. Chevy has two sides. Chevy has the well they actually have like three sides. They have the truck side which is like also includes like the, the family GMC and the mid side as well. That's Not part even of just it. GMC, but like they have part like of the GM. Yeah, GM. So well, let's just let's group it as GM. They have yeah. three sides. They have the truck and family size. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Then they have the economical size, and then they have the blow your face off with horsepower size. Yeah. yeah. Which is the Corvettes, the Cadillacs. And uh, the, Camaro. the Camaros, mm-hmm. and even the Camaros are like still iffy on that because yeah. they're not the greatest, but they're like still they're getting there. The ZL11 Elite, yeah, you need to get the, the top of the line Camaro. Yeah, you're gonna pay seventy five thousand dollars. But Dodge yeah. is blowing them with their Hellcat, man. Yes and no. When you drive a cruise liner down the road, yeah, it's it's fun. But the cruise liner with seven hundred horsepower is even better. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like you got the Charger, which is like the freaking uh, queen of the. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that four door. I you know what, the Charger has changed so much over the years, it's, and it's, you have your little model right there of what I'm guessing is a Firebird or is the so. Super B. That's a Charger, a two door large size car. Yeah, exactly. That's what the Charger was. That's what the new yeah. Challenger is. Mm-hmm. But the Charger was turned into a family economical vehicle. Yeah, and that's what I don't like. And they destroyed it. Yeah. Didn't you, didn't you have a Chevy SS? That was my buddy Josh's. Oh, okay. So I drove, uh, I, I was going to buy it from him, and then that car experienced a lot of problems. Oh, really? As in it slid into a tree. Um, <laughs> hey, I, was, I didn't do anything to it. The car hey, just I drove there. I didn't do the sliding. <laughs> it wasn't me. The car just decided I to go I thought you were going to be like it had electrical issues. This is that. No, it, and no it, it, uh, it, it was attempting a donut in the rain. And it caught grip because oh it had my. drag radials, dude. And those cars are yeah. like somewhat rare, right? Because it's yeah, like because they they're, they're, they're been there for three years. They're they're the only car that comes stick like as a Chevy SS and all that. So there was thing. there was multiple options. There's the stick, and there was the automatic. Then there was different packages. So like on the first year, there was only two options: stick or automatic. Mm-hmm. The second year, they had like an option, like a luxury package, which gives you a couple of little looks package things. Yeah. Um, but it was a two-year or a three-year car. Yeah. Technically, only a two-year car if you consider that the 2015 and 14 were essentially the same car. Mm. The 2016 was the end of the year. Yeah. Because it was a Holden that was brought to America. There was no difference in drivetrain other than uh, transmission. Yeah, yeah. It was the same engine, same suspension, same wheels, same body, same exhaust. But there's only a certain number of them ever made. Yeah. I like the way so, that car looks. It's so sleeper. Yeah. It's yeah. a sedan that does 190 yeah. miles an hour. It like, has a V8 under that engine. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> like my buddies, we had modified. We had done air intake. We had done... It was simple mods. It was nothing yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, but, like, but like it was... It had E85. It was... It was the the fun simple mods. Now yeah, he's got yeah, a ZL1 with uh, that I put a pulley on a supercharger and an intake. <laughs> but it it was like... It was such a fun car because it did everything well, and it was so well-centered. Like, it didn't go crazy on you. You could go around a corner and feel like you were losing it, but never actually lose it. And that was the fun part about that car. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get a text message. By the way, I was trying donuts in the rain on drag radials, and I did hit a tree. It was like... 
Yeah, that's crazy. Great. That, good, good, goodbye to great. the limited I'm car. I'm so glad I was going to buy that car from you next month. That's low-key a, a big reason why, like, I, 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 me, myself, I'm afraid of a car with power because I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I like to floor my four-banger Toyota Corolla, dude. Yeah. You give me a V8, I don't know. See, the, the thing for me is not about using the power as much as knowing it's there. Mm-hmm. Like... Knowing that I have the power to get out of a situation, obviously I have yeah. the power to put myself in a bad one as well. Exactly. But like, <laughs> while I, while of course everybody wants to have the car with a thousand horsepower that they get on the freeway, stomp on it, and do a big giant rolling burnout on the one hundred and one. See, those are people that have an automatic and yeah. don't really know about you what they're do doing. It, you can do it with a stick. You but pop it, that clutch in second gear on the freeway. The hell, let me yeah. tell you something. <laughs> hell yeah, this, second this gear is one like, thing I give to Maury that I'm like, you have an advantage by driving a, a stick shift. Is when he's trying to cut off people and they're not letting them go, he can just pop it and go, cut them off really yeah. smooth. You can't do that with yeah. an automatic. No, you gotta I, yeah, wait. No, you gotta wait, you gotta for, wait for it to grab the yeah, gear that it exactly. wants because it's sensing pressure. Exactly. That's the thing. And so like that's. And that's where the transmission that I want to use comes into play because I want to use a modern six-speed or eight-speed. I can't decide. But in the new modern Camaros, you can drop it down into a sport mode and you can shift it yourself. The Tiptronic? So, yeah, the Tiptronic. Mm-hmm. So you can tell it, okay, I want third gear so I can blow by this stupid idiot doing 45 and blocking yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Or I can drop it down into third, do a gigantic rolling burnout to make everybody back off. Or... I can put it into eighth gear and just let it get all the fuel economy in the world. Yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, modern transmissions have so many tricks up their yeah. sleeves now. Like that's the Dodge, what I was telling him is like the, the Ferraris now come just with the paddle shifters yeah. now. Like you yeah. no longer but have see, the see, had it, If you want to downshift, you just, you just downshift? Yeah, oh, okay. that's it. I was telling you, you pull both of them for neutral and then... Dude, uh, I'll, yeah. let me tell you the story of my first time in a Lamborghini. You're going to laugh. Okay, I get in this Lamborghini. I'm working as a ground crewman at Van Nuys Airport. It's a Hurricane. Never seen one in my life. First time ever seeing a Huracan. This is like right after they came out. Guy pulls up. He gets on his plane. Hands me the keys. I'm supposed to go valet the car. I get in the car. I turn the car on. There's park, reverse, and neutral. Mm -hmm. No drive. (laughs) Park, reverse, and neutral. I didn't know you had to click You just press up. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, maybe if I press neutral, it'll know I want to go. No, that didn't work. Okay, maybe if I rev it, it... <laughs> yeah. It rattled the plane. The guy yeah. got out and he's like, click the yeah. click the thing. The plus. <laughs> yeah, that's all you do. You shift up and it goes. He got out yeah. of his plane to tell me how to shift <laughs> into drive. Oh I did not know I'll tell you that my, you had to do that. My first time I ever got in a Ferrari, uh, and this was back in it, it's a 06. Those things roared too, bro. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, a 430. I got into this Ferrari and the whole time I'm trying to look for reverse. <laughs> It's a paddle shifter, so and I'm pull like, it down, right? and I'm like, where's the reverse? Where's the reverse? And at that time, I was working as a porter at a body shop. Okay, and I had to pull this car into the spray booth because they were gonna do, you know, paint work on it. And I'm like trying to figure out, all right, how do I move this thing? How do I move this thing? And until you know, the painter comes over and he's like, he's just laughing at me <laughs> hysterically, and he's like. What's that? Well, he's like, you can't go back? And I was like, no, I can't figure out. Because I knew about the paddle shifters, how they worked. But I was doing everything. I pulled them twice. I pulled them up, back. I'm like, something, give me reverse. It's not giving me reverse. And there was this little lever in the center console. This, like, little silver lever. And he's like, you see that little lever? Because there's no labeling on it. Yeah. And he's like, just pop that lever back. 
and I pop it back and it reversed. I was like, oh my God. Wow. I was like, dude, I was never going to figure that out. Dude. I don't know what kind of crack the Italians are smoking that they got to try dude. and make you a genius to put a car in reverse. Nah, I think the worst ones are the newer cars that the e-brake is a little flick. Oh, I hate that. That's scary, dude. I hate that. That's scary. I hate e-brakes like that. That's super scary, dude. Like, you, I could just you be... you can't really use it. Not just yeah. that. Just, like, imagine me driving and, I'm like, looking for my phone and I just accidentally flick. Accidentally rip like, yeah. dude, hell no. Well, Those that's things why my look dart, like cigarette lighters have or something. A pull, a pull e-break. I or even like the the no like the old school. <laughs> well, I probably put the handle on oh, okay, it, and okay. then you can be like a drifter at some. Because oh, okay. I'm sure I'll do some stupid shit in yeah. that car. Like, like even the I Range Rovers, dude. I mean, the first time I got in a Range Rover that was oh, keyless. Dude, the freaking yeah, the yeah, knob. yeah. I, hate <laughs> so I, was, I got an LR4, dude. An LR4. This is my first time in a Range Rover. I've seen memes about that too. Imagine spin it. I was like, I'm like. I'm pressing the start button. I didn't know that you had to put the foot on the brake. No. You know, I was like, start. Why isn't this starting? And then I, you know, I put my foot on the brake just because I'm like, eh, let's see if it works. And then it starts. I was like, okay, cool. And then the thing is that the knob yeah, like right, goes, up. yeah, it yeah. pops up. So you got to wait for it to pop out Dude. and then you can turn it. And I was like, this is horrible. What if you're trying to like, because that one doesn't have it in the bottom. Later on, they put it in the center. Yeah. But back in that time, it was, up, time, on the, it was, it was up, up on the dash. On the dash, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what if you're trying to change a song and volume? And yeah, what you if you want to turn the volume down? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you accidentally <laughs> moved this no one. No wonder they had so many issues with like their transmission and stuff like that. People were just messing up. Dude. I mean, Can you imagine 65 miles an hour on the freeway, slam it into park? <laughs> <laughs> down all the way down the freeway. With no seatbelt on, bro. Dude. Ejected. Can you just imagine seeing a Land Rover just skidding down the freeway for 600 feet? I'm going to be honest with you, though, had to be a female. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and here's, here's the other crazy thing that I experienced. Oh, yeah. When you do the economy on the cars... The first time I drove a uh, Jaguar, I had that option to like put it in economy and you know it shuts off the yeah, engine. Yeah, it shuts off half the cylinders or whatever. Scariest thing I ever been through, man, because it was an electronic dashboard. So as soon as I get to a stop, I had driven the car on the freeway and oh, I that's had that auto shut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, when yeah. I get to a full complete stop, engine dies. Yeah, in the RPM, because it's electronic dashboard, it goes so, below the line. Zero. Yeah. Below the zero. And I'm like, did I break this car? <laughs> did, <laughs> did it seize? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm not hearing noise. I'm not. I was so worried. I called my coworker. I'm like, I think I messed up this car. Like, I was like, I'm so worried. It's a Jag, you know? And he's just like cracking up. He's like, take your foot off the brake a little bit. It starts right and up. And it starts right up. I was like, this is horrible. That was my first experience <laughs> with a hybrid car because hybrid cars are the same Yeah, where way. they all shut off. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, was, I was like, what the hell? And then I, I was like, oh. Just imagine, yeah. I mean, I've driven Teslas, but it's just imagine that, you know? No noise when you turn it on and you just got to drive it like that. You <laughs> Uh, dude, I, just to, to touch real quick, you said some female driver. Well, most of them most not all of course so tiana weber out of accelerated racing solutions uh-huh. is one of the most badass fucking chicks i know if you watch fastest car on netflix okay you'll oh, see yes. i was on yes fastest car. i need to check that out i did see so, like a, like a glimpse of it yeah she is a bad bitch man she knows how to, she she wheelied brandon's mustang before we had the suspension working and I'm talking on the back, drug the back bumper, broke our power switch that we used to disconnect the battery, 
and was this far from the wall. Wow. Didn't touch the wall and managed to drive off the track. And kept it, and she gets out of the car. She's like, "That was fun." Is that on on the on the episode? I don't know if it's on the episode, but I know that it was um, on the. Uh, it was on Instagram. Damn, that's crazy, man. Uh, but I didn't, dude. I mean, I know that there's a few. I've always been impressed by the ones that actually can do it, and the ones that actually can, you know, manage to do that stuff. And it's just interesting when you see that, man. You yeah. know, it's very rare, yeah. you know. And also the ones that, you know, want to build their cars and do their stuff. And you're like, wow, that's amazing that they actually want to build their own cars. Yeah, and, and she is a big perpetuator of building your own ride. Um, she actually, right now, she's running a 2000, early 2000s Mustang. I think it's like an 04, uh, the Terminator body style. Okay. Um, but it's got an LS9 in it, so it's got the ZR1 Ooh. engine. Yeah. Um, with a cam and blower Huge upgrades engine, and everything. It makes like a 1,000 horsepower easy. And the thing, without turbos, without being the super race car that her husband's car is, almost goes faster than her husband. <laughs> and she that was my, we called it my freshman project. It had multiple names. One of them was my senior project, and one of them was my freshman project, um, where we pulled the blue oval out of it that was blown up. Um, and got it ready for paint, got it stripped down, got the K-member out of it, got everything out of it, tore that car to pieces. That picture's also on my Instagram of me holding the drive shaft up. Oh, yeah, And then, yeah. like, in the engine bay of the car, smiling. I and I was just, like, out. scratching uh, scratching paint up because we were getting ready to paint it. So that was one that I helped her build along with her dad and her. And that build now is the reason she was on Netflix and one of the fastest cars in Texas. That's wow. crazy, man. Crazy. So, yeah, we got to check that one out because I, I saw you posted about it. Yeah, but I Fastest only... Car Season 2, Episode yeah. 2, I think. I don't remember. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have but, to check that out. Yeah. But, man, uh, one more thing before we end this. Because um, growing up and, and going to Sosa's, I know you're uh, you're into baseball a lot. You did travel ball and all that stuff. Um, what do you think about everything coming back? I mean, they're not going to do a bubble. They're going to be traveling back and forth. Um, they're talking about even some states are maybe even going to let fans in at some points. Um, yeah, I mean, what is your take on this? It's it's a it's a tough time, and and I understand the reasoning because it's hard to be out of it. Like it's hard to not be part of that world. Yeah. Like when I was at Sosa's, it was it was a world. It was a whole lifestyle. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't like you got to go home and sleep and be normal. It was like you went home and you worked out and you practiced doing things. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the surgeries and everything that I had took me away from it for a little bit, but I can, I can, I can understand the medical side of what some of these players are going through when Mm -hmm. they say that they're not going to join the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all for them playing safely. Definitely. No fans, no, like no craziness. Play the, play the automated noise, you know, play, play crowd noise in the speakers like they were doing for, for warmups. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see players be put in danger and I can understand why players are saying look I've got a family to protect I'm not joining the season Mike Trout just had a kid yeah you know and like from the medical side I completely understand it because I went through that like I had to drop baseball because I had to go have surgery yeah and it was a surgery that was going to prevent me from moving from doing anything I mean I had my neck cut wide open yeah like it was through muscle and everything i couldn't move my head you saw i returned to sosis with stitches in my head yeah yeah, definitely. like there was no way to play baseball and yeah, it was definitely. dangerous even just to do that yeah so even 
you know, without having any any kind of um, surgery or anything, when you're dealing with a virus, yeah, something that doesn't need an opening, mm-hmm. it's way more dangerous. Yeah. Definitely. So like I understand them coming back and playing some sports and like it's it's a lifestyle you don't want to be out of it. I mean, what would you say about because Mike Trout, for example, and other players that have pulled out of him? These are players that you know financially they're good to go. They could retire yeah. today and they're set for their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but what about those players that are like AAA players? Like for example, David Price played paid for a lot of AAA player salaries. Yeah. So and like players that are just don't have those big time MLB contracts. That's where it gets it. Gets it's down to the club at that point because it, it, the Dodgers organization did everything they could to try and help their players through. They try not even just their players, their staff. staff yes. They were trying to. They had players paying salary for their staff members. The organization was paying salary for their staff members. Yeah. Um, so it comes. It it really comes down to the organization at that point because if you've got an organization that only cares about the bigs. You're not going to get that help from the miners, and they're not going to want to stay. And that's the thing right now. The owners, they really care about that playoff money, the, the TV contracts, because that's really where um, these money, this money trickles down to the players, you know, these big TV contracts. That's why even in the NBA, you've seen Steph Curry and all these other players getting, like, north of $300 million because the TV contracts uh, are allowed. They're giving the, the, the these billionaires that already oh, have yeah. money— the opportunity to blow more money, basically. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and it's and it's not just the TV deals; it's the it's the cities themselves. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 amount of money that a team brings into a city is absurd, especially for baseball and a lot of these smaller towns, like yeah. for example, Kansas City Royals. Yeah, um, you know that those is their cities. money makers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Dodgers, maybe not as much. Like Dodgers kind of compete with Lakers. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the Dodgers and the Lakers. Everybody Definitely. knows LA. Yeah, uh, LA yeah. is Dodgers and Lakers. Yeah, but Cleveland, you got the Indians. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I you've got the the Oakland that. Athletics. Yeah, you've got uh, the Washington. What, what, what do they call themselves? The Expos. Mm-hmm. Um, if oh no, those are the Blue Jays now. The Blue Jays now. Yeah, yeah. The Montreal um, Expos are not there anymore. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, you got you got smaller teams. You know, you've yeah, got no, you've got sure. the Twin Cities boys. You know, yeah, you've got yeah. Baltimore. You've got Oakland. You've got all these teams. You got to add the 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 Houston uh, Houston Astros. Yeah, you know, Houston's a bigger organization now, but they used to be tiny. Yeah, yeah you've exactly. got and you actually have the Rangers, the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Like, the team that should be Texas is number one. Yeah. You know? Um, You've got these big organizations, and then you've got the small organizations. And I think that the MLB needs to step in and help the small organizations really keep those players. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys are guys that want to go to the pros. They're guys that want to play for them. They're they're guys that want it. They've wanted that since they were kids. Yeah. And you've got a virus that comes and shuts everything down, and then they can't afford to live in their own apartment. Now, do you think that um, a bubble like the UFC and NBA, do you think that would be a better solution for them? Because I think a big thing thing is, too, is that they're going to still be traveling. It's it's so hard You're to gonna create be a bubble, with, though. It's, it's for so baseball. hard. For baseball, it's more difficult. It's a team sport. It's yeah. it's it's a it's not a contact sport. It's not football, but it is a team sport. And being a team sport, you want to be close to your boys. Mm. You don't want to be separated from them. Yeah, you also it's also largely fan surrounded. And now they're calling it what taxi squads, which is like what it's thirty players or more yeah. on a squad. Yeah. So, what, about, of players. what about that whole idea that they were saying that they were supposedly going to do like small pockets? 
like just you know keep some cities and yeah, just they're still have gonna them do play that. themselves. They're still, so that's, the Western that teams, would be smart. That's what they're gonna yeah. do. Like do, so, do just conferences and whoever yeah. wins from keep those the conferences. Western conference in yeah. one set stadium. Keep that stadium sanitized yeah. and keep the Eastern conference in one set stadium. But then they want even though, even within the West and, and the East, they wanted to separate it where it's like North and South to create more it's, like a smaller pocket. So but then, then they you're gonna go. get to like NFL level where you're gonna have six or seven different conferences and you can't do that in the MLB it's too hard yeah it's too hard for the MLB to have it's it's hard for the MLB to have a team like the Dodgers and the Angels and be AL and NL mm-hmm. be American League and National League and then have San Francisco and Oakland be the American League and the National League and then try and separate into East and West yeah it's really weird because then you're going to start getting six different teams in one state yeah like it's it's it's, it's going to be hard you're going to have like it'll be the Dodgers as the NL West and San Francisco is the NL East, but that wouldn't make any sense. But yeah. that's how they would have to do it. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, for sure. I think what they were talking about was doing was for sure. I think Western keep Western teams with the, on the West side so that they're not going to the to the East side like that. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting in that aspect because with the with the travel involved and all that stuff, I don't know if baseball is gonna make it through sixty games. Let alone the playoffs. It, it's going to come down to the players. It's it's going to be up to the players on the deciding factor. If one guy gets sick, I can see a lot of guys bailing. Mm. While there are, yes, there are guys that need the money. One guy sick, they're going to bail. And it's going to be like a mass exodus. Yeah. And it's going to be one team first. Like the Phillies organization found six people in their organization tested positive. Yeah. And they basically said, we don't even want to participate. You know, it's funny. At the college level, I saw that there was, um, I think it was um, Clemson. And they're a big football school. Oh, yeah. So Clemson, like literally like more than half of the team tested positive. Oh, and yeah. And then you go to, I think it was Notre Dame in Indiana, where they only had one positive test. And there were there somebody was theorizing that these schools might be infecting these kids purposefully so that when the college season comes around they'll be healthy to play. And that's freaking crazy. I could, you know this what? This obviously <laughs> speculation. No, no, nothing behind it. But that's I could I could see it based on the amount of money that flows through these organizations. Especially but it's the also, NCAA. It's such a risk to. To be caught infecting oh your own gosh. players, you won't be able to play in any conference ever. Ever again, yeah. Like, you would literally have to scrap your program. Yeah, I mean, what happened? It, was it Penn State that they got hit with the child scandal? Yeah. With, with yeah. Sandusky or something like that? Like, uh, that I think guy? it was Sandusky and yeah. Penn State, yeah. Yeah, and they, their program had to close for a couple of years, yeah. dude, after that. Yeah, they couldn't like, play anywhere. They weren't welcome. Of, yeah, and it was because of so many people on the staff knowing about the yeah. scandal that was going on. Yeah, and that's what, that's what would end up happening if something like that was ever found out. I think it would crush any organization that was found out that way. Like, if you're, if you're infecting your people to prevent them from, like, not being able to be a part of the full season you don't deserve to be in a league. Yeah. Like, you can't go around risking people's lives to maybe make a buck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think that's where, that's where I mean, a lot of things are going to be tested. And again, this is speculation, but if this, if that ever is concrete evidence comes out about that, that is ridiculous, man. Yeah, yeah I hope it's, I hope that's not what happened, but. But yeah, man, we're going to have an interesting weekend as far as UFC. I mean, in the end of the month, like I said, I think MLS has already came back. As far as Major League Soccer as goes. As far as I know, MLS is back. Yeah, NBA is coming back on the 29th. MLB is coming back. Um, so sports is... We're going to have an interesting summer because there's going to be so much sports coming back 
when when sport when summer's when, usually the dead yeah. time as far as like it's yeah. only they're baseball. They're trying the best to bring everything back when people are having that time of their lives where it's boring. Yeah, like, yeah. You need something Man, entertaining, something live. We're supposed live. to have the Olympics this year, guys. That got canceled. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I have a feeling that LA is still gonna get it at the next one though. Um, in 2028. Because, I mean, we still got to wait till, what, 2024, which was supposed to be in Paris. Yeah. Or is it in, yeah, Paris? I th- What I think will probably happen is they'll probably push the location, mm. so we'll get it in 2024. Ooh. Either that or we'll get an off-year Olympic, Ooh. which I don't think has ever been done in history. Even mm-hmm. even even during the World War, I think yeah, it Yeah, I think happen. even, because I, mean, I know that the Germany still had people playing, yeah. or still content, content, yeah. Uh, competing. Yeah. So I don't know that, it might be hard for them to even conceive that but like it's a pandemic it changes yeah. the whole entire world yeah yeah so what if they still try to resurrect it be like we'll just create a bubble and do it this year i don't nah, think they know nah, it's, too this year, this year it's too late this year is never gonna happen it's and and the, the strict implications that it has for la alone and no logistically way. speaking it's a nightmare yeah to to get la to cooperate with something like that would be terrible i mean, I mean look at it california shut down the U- the ufc was supposed to have a, uh, an event in an indian reservation out here and, uh, the, and the governor yeah, Gavin Newsom just totally shitting on it you know what I mean yeah. so it's like no. you know but hey but but just remember his winery in Napa is still open oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's very important yeah also all your gas tax is actually going to high speed rail not to fix the roads so of course yeah, you know, yeah. have fun with that <laughs> yeah but no, yeah, I mean know, they say okay. Gavin Newsom is, is part of that his family's part of that elitist like, sure. well, his, dude, if his, you get to run California, New York, you're 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 tied in for sure, dude. Like those those states, you're tied in for look, sure. He handled the pandemic response pretty well. I'm not gonna lie. Like, uh, there's a lot of people that did not handle the pandemic response as well as he did. He shut down the state at the right time, mm-hmm. but he's done a lot of wrong. <laughs> I mean, for me, what what I've haven't liked recently is the whole you can't sing in church. That is kind of pissing me off. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Not just that. It's not just that. The, the the other thing is like, oh yeah, you can all protest. No, don't worry about that. But fireworks displays, nah, can't have those. Can't go sing in church. Can't go to the market with more than a certain amount of people. You have to wear your mask if you're going outside. Like, and you know, it's funny when he mandated that statewide you have to have a mask. He had signed a, a contract, a contract with, with the Chinese manufacturer about yeah. all these masks. It's like, yeah, and then all shady. those masks were faulty. They all shady, had to go dude. back. Shady. So it's like, man, Gavin Newsom. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of shit. Look, this it's politics, man. Definitely. Like it's it, politics are always shady. Straight up. There's there's never a side that you can take that's gonna be a great side. Definitely. There's a side that's gonna get you what you need, but not in the way you want. And then there's a side that's gonna get you want what you want, but not what you need. Definitely. Uh, um, just touching on the politics side a little bit, not getting too much into it. I see one one current leader, and this might be my biased opinion, but the lead, the current president of El Salvador, this guy, I can't even say if he's left or right. I don't know what he no, is. He, he would say he's right for sure. Well, he was part of the right. So uh, to give you an, an explanation of the politics over there in El Salvador, it, it's basically it mimics what the U.S. You know, they okay. have two parties. They have what's uh, called FMNN and ARENA, right? So they have both of those parties. And originally, he was part of FMLN. ARENA. ARENA? ARENA or FMLN? He's part of ARENA, yeah. All right. He was part of that group. And he was with them for a while. And then he became uh, the mayor of... The capital. The capital of the country. Okay. 
But when he ran for his presidency, he ran as a libertarian. Oh, but he, that was because his that party that he was originally from basically outed him. They didn't want yeah, him. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't want, want him because so, he wasn't uh, he wasn't lining himself up with their views and all that stuff. Listen, yeah. uh, Republicans and Democrats take note. Start outing people. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So that's what they did to him. He ran as a libertarian and he used social media, oh, like whoa. Trump. In the sense that he used Twitter, but people supported him. The young people that are using social media over there supported his ideas. They saw the way that he was running his campaign. So like a Bernie Sanders of El Salvador. But you know what's the funny part about him is that this guy is a is a business owner. He owns oh. he owns Yamaha dealerships for bikes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So he's he gets very compared to Trump in that he has a very capitalistic um approach to things. He's all about yeah. moving the economy and doing all that stuff. And so he's not like a Bernie Sanders like free for everybody. No like, no, yeah. not like that at all. But at the same time, he doesn't take the pay that he's supposed to get as a president. He he like he gives that back to the government and he allows that to go to the people. So he lives off of what his companies make for him. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what smart. he lives off. That's smart. And at the same time, he's been cleaning up El Salvador because there's a huge problem with MS-13. So he's already like started cleaning that of the gangs and everything, taking away their power. Because oh, okay. the problem was that the same politicians were using the gang to yeah. control the country. The congressmen and all that. But There's since very liber- dirty politics in So Osaldo. since he's a libertarian and he's not aligned to those parties, he's going against what they want. And when uh, we say libertarian, and, we just mean an independent. Yeah, he's not, just running as something other than yeah. the general public. He even made opinion. his own party called Nuevas Ideas, which is called New Ideas in Spanish. So That's like, smart, and, and he got a big backing from... like. But, but to be able to reverse the trend of running with the two majors yeah. is all always a great thing that's like, the shocking that's, thing that's the smart thing to do though because running with the two majors is what's going to lead to those problems yeah. so that's and, smart on his part and then the other thing is too that he's gotten the backing of other countries yeah so that they can invest in the economy of el salvador and you know help that country become something i mean they're talking about i think saudi arabia is planning on making a new airport in el salvador dude oh really that's that's He's trying to bring more tourism to there. It's smart. Stuff. They're, they're making smart decisions. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a smart thing to do. Yeah, and, and another thing about him, he he received the most praise when it came to this COVID situation because he got on it. He shut down the country like like yeah, he fast. Went, he, he, went extreme. he went extreme, <laughs> but his extreme... Had helped lower the cases. Yeah, yeah, but that's what that's what see that's what we needed to have done. Yeah, that's like what happened with Brazil. Did did, did what we did because they have a Trump over there as well. Mm-hmm. Only he's the, bad, he got the it? bad side. He got it. Yeah, yeah I know. he deserves it? to get it. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. deserved every bit of it. Yeah. Hey, he let the Amazon burn, man. Yeah, he yeah. he probably lit the fire. He started the fire. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That guy's in a nutcase. Yeah. He, do you know what he said about the World Health Organization? No, no, what did he say? Not to get too far into yeah. this, but the, the World Health Organization started a new sexual awareness program for ch- uh, children in foreign countries like Africa that don't have education programs that can handle that. Mm-hmm. President of Brazil comes out and says, the World Health Organization is teaching children from the ages of zero to four how to masturbate. What? I was like, <laughs> you're not even sexually active at that time, like. How do you get that from what the World Health Organization is trying to do? Yeah. And then one of his, one of his like top right hand men came out. He's like, he doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. He has no idea what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy, dude. Yeah, that man. Is just crazy. So I, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just 
spinning that wheel on you to see, like, so so you can get that perspective on, on the politics going on there. Because even me, man, I've been surprised because El has gone through, like, major corruption, dude. Like, yeah. like there's presidents in jail right now for embezzlement and money laundering. There's like, even, they belong, then. There's, no, there's even another one that embezzled money, and he went to another country that has no extradition, so they can't even He went to Nicaragua, oh, and, good. and they gave him citizenship because they're a communist country as well. Oh, good, so, like, good. Yeah, man. But Send the hit squads. <laughs> Send the hit squads, yeah, for sure. But man, like this was a very long and interesting podcast. This was I, a long podcast. I, I appreciate it was, you. Man. You but said you had time. You wanted to have you said you had time. Yeah, you said you had time. Listen, you had I enough to just, talk about. I don't just sit and listen all the time, okay? <laughs> Sometimes definitely. you gotta talk. No, and definitely I appreciate your your insight and like your experiences, everything. It was great, man. It was a fun podcast talking about um, your take on the the Kobe tragedy, um, everything that has to do with your with your career, um, your car stuff, man. It's great, great stuff. I go through some changes, but it's all fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all fun, definitely, man. So. But we appreciate you guys. So that's oh, all we have you, this thank week. Thank you for having me. Definitely, man. We're gonna have you on again, man. It's not thank gonna you, be the first time. I can't you're gonna, wait to be back. You're so. gonna come back when, when I get my <laughs> studio up and running, but. Yeah, I want to thank everybody who listened today. I want to thank uh, my guest Alex, uh, co-host Manny. Uh, you know, he, he helps me make this podcast possible. So thank you a lot. And um, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.